Hey. Hello. And broadcasting. Jesus. Whoa. From the beautiful I was not. Central now Coast I'm actually of California. Cool. It's the Dr. Okay, Death Danger Radio back. Show. I'll crack over the coal and all right, got one. Uh. What? My throat is dead. Sam. Ah, and everyone that's been waiting too long for us to finally come back. We're finally back with another episode of the Dr. Net Dazer Radio Show with your host, James and Edward. I'm Edward. What's up, everybody? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a You've few minutes. You've had some issues. I've had COVID. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got COVID again. The uh, James Bod was so nice. The disease came back twice. Yeah. Well, it came for a second time, I mean. Yes, but I'm feeling good. We're in studio. You can hear our voices crystal freaking clear. Just saying. But yeah, no, we have a lot to talk about that. We could tell a catching up on this episode. And listeners, this episode might go long. So just remember, we always have timestamps in the beginning. If you want to just skip to, to the meat or to something that you like, I'm totally fine with that. You do not hurt my feelings. I don't know about Edward, though. No, you don't hurt my feelings. Right, there you go. So we have timestamps. Okay, so do you want to go first? What about my life? All right. Okay. So. Yours is funnier. Yes. I got of. COVID, but because I got COVID, because I was with one of my bandmates doing a fucking disastrous freaking tour with my death metal band. What do you mean by disastrous tour? Okay, I won't call it a tour. It was a weekend bender. Ford shows. Sure. We have one in Anaheim, mm-hmm. one in LA, one in Fresno. And one in Bakersfield. Damn. So, yeah. That's a trek. I can tell you for the Anaheim and LA show, I didn't give a fuck. Here's how this, <laughs> no, here's how it got fucked. Earlier that week, uh-huh. that week, we're like, my bass player, he's like, hey, can we have a group call on Face, on like Messenger chat? Yeah, Yaxon. Yeah, Yaxon. He's like, can we have a group call? I call, we like do the group call, and he's like, so. Me and Seb do not feel comfortable playing, like, the L.A. show, the SoCal shows. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> so we don't feel like playing. Wait, what? But we've put so much time. No, here's the thing. I wasn't pit. Here's the I understand because there's COVID concerns. It's totally fine. And the L.A. County area is pretty trying to get, at that time especially, is trying to get open, open again, you know? Yeah. I saw an ad on YouTube that said, literally... LA is open. Come buy your crypto. It was a crypto ad. It was an LA is open again ad, but it was used to push cryptocurrency. But I was the least pissed. My fucking singer was me- like pretty frustrated. Oscar was mad. Yes, because he had to be a middleman talking to the other bands mm, yeah, about us getting our schedules together. He had to be the middleman and everything. Getting time off at work. Mm-hmm. It's not like these, like one youngster, the bass player. He doesn't have a job. I think he can go up and go. But his yeah. dad was like, sorry, if you go, you got to quarantine in your room for five days. And I'm like, got quarantine in like your bottom, like for five days. I'm like, that's, I'm like, so I'm like, that's not fucking bad. 
No, it's not the worst. But he's like, no, I don't want to quarantine that long. That's too long. But he doesn't go anywhere anyway. <laughs> For fucking real. It was like, what the fuck? So, That's but lame. we eventually came up. All right, we're going to play the first two days with one guitar player, a singer and drummer, Grandcore style. Awesome. We're going to hook up two amps, going to come up with like a fucking like mesh pedal board. Oh, God. Make it, it was kind of sick. <laughs> it's not the most ideal, but I was like, whatever. These two first shows, I don't like SoCal playing shows because we are a bunch of nobodies and no one's going to give a fuck. And let me tell you about that first show. We showed up to the venue like an hour, like uh, 30 minutes early one of the, before the show starts. Mm-hmm. There's no one fucking there. Oh. So I went and ran, I went and got some fucking hot chicken. <laughs> and my singer, he's like, dude, seriously, we should totally get back there as soon as possible. Like, I'm like, fuck that show. <laughs> you know what's going to be. It's like, dude, we'll be fine when we show up. It's like, even like the other bands that were playing, like the fucking out of town bands that we're doing this whole weekend run with isn't even there yet. Enjoy your fucking hot chicken, bro. Your Nashville hot chicken. I'm like, dude, I'm enjoying my fucking sliders. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. We played at the world famous Doll Hut for the first night. So if there's any clout to say. The Doll Hut, huh? Yeah, I guess there's like been like so many bands that played the Doll Hut. But it's a fucking like piss spot. A fucking turd off the side of the road. So it's not the Troubadour. It's not the Troubadour. Not the House of Blues. Not the Whiskey. And not the rainbow. It's the hut. What'd you call it? The doll hut. It's called the the, the doll hut. Or as like they say, the world famous doll hut. Which, I can admit, I guess there's uh, some clout with that venue for like having, I don't know, all your fucking dad punk bands play there. But literally, it's a fucking small ass dive bar. And we like played to like just the other band Grave Void. Which is totally fine. Because I know I was like, dude, the show's going to suck. But hey. I'm going to go to Bone Steel's pad and we're going to play some motherfucking Nintendo. And we can all crash out there. The next fucking night, our fucking show that we play, the fucking guitar equipment goes awry. And, like, here's the thing. One thing that happened is that, like, my guitar player, he started to be, like, fucking spastic silly. Sick of performance when you're looking at it. It's like, oh, this, like, looks cool. But he fucking smacked his guitar down on the ground and fucked up the jack. Oh, God. So Dylan. Uh, this wasn't Dylan. This was Seb. All right, Seb. Damn it, Seb. Yeah, no. Seb did that, and it fucked up the equipment, and we had to take five minutes to figure something out. What the fuck's going on? Eventually, I had to get another guitar, and we played one more song. Also, about that show, too, we were the third band that was supposed to play. One of the bands didn't show up, and we had to play, like, second. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? Traveling far for this bullshit show? Whatever. Kind of The show kind of sucked ass, so... But we had a guy that's, like, a guy that's hanging with us. He's like, oh, hey, I have, like, tickets to Mortician, and, like, I want to give it up to you guys. Like, give it up to whoever wants to go. And I'm like, fuck this show. Yeah, let's go fucking go see Mortician and shit. The reason why he was giving up tickets to Mortician, and he's a huge Mortician fan, he's not vaxxed. Ah. And this was an actual show where you need to be vaxxed. Right. Not like these shitty bar shows where they're saying, like, no vax mandated. <laughs> no need to wear a mask. Like, I'm still wearing a mask and shit. But fucking, yeah, that kind of bullshit, whatever. We packed up, two of our, like, homies, like, hanged out and just, like, watched, it was, like, just watched our equipment, and then me and my guitar player, Seb, went and saw fucking Mortician. Rolled in, Skinless is playing their set, so I was able to catch Skinless to anyone that cares. They were, like, they were a fine set. I was there for Mortician. They were supposed to play at 11. 
They don't fucking finally start till 11.45. Why? I don't know. Maybe there's some travel issues. But fucking... Someone could have said, hey, there's a trout... We've been to PWG. Remember that one show that Phoenix was supposed to show up? Yeah, and they were like right up front with you being like, hey. Travel issues. I don't think he can make, he's not yeah. making it. It's like, thank you. Yes. It would have been nice for someone to say that on the fucking mics. Well, Instead, for 45 minutes, we got these dudes, these death metal bikers, not real bikers. They just wear the fucking like leather vest and some fucking like New York death metal backpatch and great. shit. Great. These bitchy bikers. Want to know why they're bitchy? Because they're somehow playing security. Aesthetically, when Mortician finally played, and they did play a cool set, like, is it worth waiting 45 minutes? That's like a yes and no. Mm -hmm. If I literally had anything better to do, sure. But my night was kind of disaster, and I'm like, I just want to see Mortician. I don't know when I'll see Mortician, and I'm seeing this for free. I think I could justify a 45-minute wait. Yeah. I feel sorry for anyone that paid and had to wait that bullshit. <laughs> Gave people more time to get fucking drunk. Yeah. But when the show's starting and crowd surfers are going, I swear these fucking death metal biker bros. You, you know, even in a show, crowd surfers, security, they usually try to catch them, bring them back down, or yeah. try to, like, like try to, like, just mostly do that. If they can't push them away, they'll just pull them down and make sure they're safe. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. These death metal biker bros are like, sorry, we can't touch you. So, no crowd surfing. Stop that. Please stop that. That's literally what it was. Okay. You had dudes, these like tough, like these dudes that look bros, like, yeah, metal, mortician, mortician. And then you got the same guy, sorry, no, sorry, you can't, you can't crowd surf up here. Stop it. Stop it. No crowd surfing. Okay. Two things. One, they make the decision, no to masks. To use them as the security. To use these guys as security. No, 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 mass, tough, no, no mask these... is a different show. This show was mask. Like, okay. At least said, and that's vaccine. What, yeah. Like, no one's going to wear a mask because it's kind of a bitch. Thing, well, that, like. well, that's what I mean. They're going to make the decision to have this place be vaccine people only. Max, masks are an option. And I'm aware that the vaccine does not prevent the thing to get COVID or whatever, but it whatever. You're telling me these probably... Brick shit house dudes. Not real brick shit house. They just look like a bunch of fucking. These want to be tough guys. These are, metal boomers. They're playing. They're playing freaking. They're playing freaking OCD. They're playing security. Yeah. For mortician. Aesthetically, it looks cool. Because I went like after the set, I went up to like one of like one of like the mates, like freaking Michael, and he's like, "Oh, dude, the freaking like, dude, those death metal bikers were, was pretty hard. Not gonna lie. I'm like, dude, they're like the bitchiest dudes." Sorry, no crowd surfing. It's like, have you been to a fucking show, bro? Or is your show, or all your shows just boring? Dude, I was next Were to they allowing fucking... moshing? What? Were they allowing moshing? Yeah, there was moshing, yeah. So why the fuck can't they crowd surf? They just didn't want to touch people. Well, maybe they weren't, like, allowed to touch people. Why the fuck wasn't actual security there for that then? For realsies. Cheap. They were, pro they were probably, like, the owner's home. Well, this is the 1720. They do got some cheap looking shows. But then I was like, dude, that barrier is just useless. Dude, I swear there was like this one dude crowd surfing that was like getting near me. But I had this fucking white aggro dude. Oh, God. He was like the most anti-crowd surfer dude. So dude got near him. He shoved him so hard over the barrier. I'm like, oh, shit. I hope that dude is fine. Because I'm sitting there. It's like, obviously, getting landed by a body is not fine. But I'm not going to try to hurt a crowd surfer. Well, yeah. This guy was just like hurting crowd surfers. Like, dude, what the fuck? I was sitting there. like, dude, this fucking asshole next to me and shit and like i've been just mostly going to like hardcore and punk shows and i'm like 
I don't think people are doing that. So you remember that's we, the nature of the show. But this guy is like, oh, there's crowd surfing. What the fuck is this? So you remember? And he's going like, oh, you got her crowd surfing. Well, good for you. We shouldn't be doing that. It's like, it's a fucking show. I'm a prick. You know that reminds me. Remember, like, remember a long time ago we saw Social Distortion, and I told you there was that there was that big beefy dude who, for no reason, during the Social D pits, was just freaking choke slamming dudes for no reason. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, no, these fucking bitchy older dudes. Whatever. The Mortician set was still pretty sick. I've been on this Mortician set for a minute. All right, but then the next fucking day, rise when we go to the truck and try to get ready to go. It won't start. What? Yeah, it just won't start. So I thought it eventually was, it has to be the starter. So I have to scramble to like get the starter, but that's eating up too much time. And we had to travel to Fresno. Here's a fucking thing. We notify our other bandmates because like the Fresno and Bakersfield shows, we can actually play those together as a full band. Which I'm like, okay, fine. I don't like these SoCal shows, but I know they're going to be dog shit. Whatever. We had a snafu in the last night, but this next show should be fun. We're playing a sick-looking generator show under a bridge to a bunch of young kids that look like they'll be stoked for this. Not some fucking empty, like, depressing-looking bar. Right. But the truck won't start. And I'm scrambling around and fucking get a starter in. But there's a point where we realize, no, once I get the first starter, it was like, there's a broken knob for the connector. We have to go find another starter, but that eats up too much time. So literally it's like, we can't make this Fresno show. If we get on the road, we might not get there till 11 in the evening. There's no point. Eventually came down to that. And I'm just like, dude, I'm so mad. And someone remind me, well, yeah, good friend bone steel. And like Thomas were like, Oh yeah, we're going to watch the rumble. I'm like, Holy shit. I can actually catch the rumble this year. I was, I was low key kind of sad. I can catch the rumble. Hmm. <sighs> I wish we could play the show, but you know what? I don't care anymore. I'll just sit back, enjoy some dominoes, and watch the rumble. That sounds sounds like fun. A, sounds like a chillin' ass time. But here's a quick little style. We notify the other mates, and then like they call up, and then you got fucking Dylan going like, Whoa, why aren't you guys wait? Why aren't you guys on the road? The truck won't start. Why aren't you guys why are you guys just starting it right now? Why are you guys start packing up right now? Motherfucker, we try to leave at one or two. Oh god. The truck won't start at one or two. We've been running around and it's not a quick process. I can't just fucking snap my fucking finger and shit's fixed. But once I put in the starter, the truck still doesn't start. What happened was it's not in park. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, the truck needs to be in park for it to start. And I'm like, I didn't drive it last, so I didn't put it in park. So I'm just like well, you have a new starter, and now we know the truck starts, thank God. Yeah. But that was the moment of just like, life did not want us to fucking play that show. But then later in the evening, because I accidentally crashed out a little early, I was just napping on something. Yeah. And I wake up, and like, homies are just like all tripping. I'm like, what's up? Yeah, so Seb just took an at-home test, and he's uh, positive for COVID, or at least the at-home test set says. I'm like, great. Fucking great. We also had some sick Italian ice earlier, but... <laughs> my guitar player does an at-home test says it's COVID so then the next day all, right, all we could do we're gonna have to go get a rapid test if you come up if you come up negative we're gonna go run to Bakersfield and play a show if you come up positive then we're just fucked he came up positive on the rapid test I'm like fucking great 
So that was my fucking tour. That ended defeat. We had a like sick little some bre- we had a sick Smash Brothers tournament, <laughs> and then we just went home. Sounds great. I was so sad when I saw like video and footage of the Fresno show. It looks si- it looked pretty sick, and I'm just like, I'm generally sad in the press. Fuck this band. Oh. Generally, fuck this band. I'm in no mood to jam this band right now. When I get home, don't fucking bother me about this band. I am so mad at this fucking shit, this, this shitty death metal band. Yeah, it's pretty and you understandable. Know what? Like, oh, and it's not fault. And here's the thing: there is a like. It, I did get to see Mortician. I got some sick food because I ate Grillamo. I ate some fucking hotties, hot chicken. Friggin' got some like sick Italian ice. All delicious cuisine. Sat back, saw the Royal Rumble. Like it wasn't a bad weekend, but the purpose of the weekend was not me to enjoy a fucking chill time at good friend Bone Steel's. It was to play some shows. It was to do a fucking tour. Like, maybe push the band around. Like, actually do something. It's like, all of us are always talking, oh, we need to do a tour or try something like, this was our one time. And this fucking disaster happened. And I walked away angry and depressed. I'm like, so much time's wasted. I got COVID now, which I don't get COVID pay at work because it's a fucking employment of under 25 people. Mm. So I've been sitting around just going broke because I can't fucking work. And they won't let me back till I get a negative test result. Where I gotta wait for quarantine to get the health department of the county to say I can go back to work. So I can like call them and say, hey, I've waited like 14 days. Can I like, can you give me something to say I can go back to work? Because I keep, I literally took a test the other day and still says I'm positive. But I'm it's, not sick anymore. And I know yeah. that shit could be in, in you forever. Yeah. But for some reason, work might not think like that, whatever reason. I'm just like, well, I'm just sitting here getting fucking broke. Played a fucking disaster ass tour. I was so like sad, depressed, and pissed. Like, after that shit. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing this F.O. band for, like, a month. Fuck this shit. I was so mad. I see, like, other people, like, get stoked. I'm like, dude, I was fucking cursed and disastered. I'm just, like, so bitter. It's like, oh, why don't you try again? Do do I look like I care enough to try again? Not right now. Fuck that. I was so mad. And, and, like, you know, all that hard work for everyone just to bail out. But our immunity compromised guitar player, he didn't get COVID. So that's yeah. one positive light. Yeah. Life was saying, sorry, you guys can't go. You might give our friend COVID and he might be in the hospital for a minute. So he lucked out on that. Yeah. But I'm so pissed for everything else, though. The worst thing that happened to him that weekend was he had to spend time in Fresno. Yes. And like, oh, yeah. Hey, the fucking like the like dude, like the promoter wants to still give us money. Can you give us like, can we take the money for our hotel fees and shit? It's like, the fuck you could have actually thinking they could have just drive the fuck home. Yeah. Why didn't they? No, now I remember because we might have still been able to play Bakersfield. So they need us. Oh, yeah. There was still a light of hope, but no, that did not happen. That was my fucking disaster. I was so fucking mad. Obviously, the Dylan one. Why? Wait, why are you guys leaving now? Why were you guys trying to leave now? (laughs) Fuck you. We tried to leave hours ago, but the truck won't start. You fucking numb nuts. Odd. I was not too stoked on experience. It was sick to see Morticia, except 45 minutes is not worth it. There's always like something sick and something not cool. Yeah. As I said, if it was like a normal chilling weekend down south with good friend Bone Steel, sick weekend. But this was not that weekend. This was supposed to be a fucking tour. And it did not pan out that way. So fuck me on that. And that's why we haven't been in in a moment. Well, also, too, I was feeling all right enough to podcast while during COVID. I was sick with COVID. We just had to do it over the phone. But 
you were also busy with life too and couldn't make it. Yeah, the big thing that happened in my world was uh, my grandfather at the age of 98 uh, passed away. And like the short version of the story is, is that like, well, grandpa is a complicated man to talk about, but the meat of the subject is, is that there's been a lot of uh, discourse in the family lately. And it's been really stressful to deal with on top of, you know, the things going on. Uh, in the wake of his passing and just learning some things, dealing with some things. And the funeral is actually uh, next Tuesday in a few days here as, as at the time of recording this. So, yeah, I wasn't sure if you were wanting to show up before the funeral. Nah, well, we're pretty much just going to like get in, get out when it comes to that. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm going to be at work the next day because uh, I just want to get the hell away as far away from Fresno as I can for a while. It's just not um, even how about to play a show? Well, yes, because there's a high chance that family won't be there. But yeah, it's been um it's been some shit. Yeah, it's been emotional turmoil for you. Well I guess emotional for me. I'm more on the anger side and just losing money. Oh there's anger on my side too, yeah. but it's mostly confusion and bitterness. A little bit of sadness too. I'm more goofy and silly. Yeah. Yours is like, I do feel for you. Sad, it's bummed to hear that you're going through that. Mom almost had another COVID scare. Negative, it came back, but she's not uh, feeling well. Yeah, some stomach issues, but as long as it's not COVID, I'm not too, too fl- worried. Oh, dude, my fucking room. Oh, my, dude, my fucking roommate. Yeah. So, I had a fucking roommate. One of my roommates, don't care for her. She's a nice lady, can be, but she got a fucking stomach flu. She got a stomach, she's got a stomach cold. Which was like fucking keeping her up, and she was like, "I remember just like chilling in my room, and I like chilling in my room, and I'm just hearing across the house, yeah." Ah, ah, ah. It's like there's a point I'm like, I don't know. It's like I should, I feel unsympath, I sound so unsympathetic, but I feel like you're overreacting to this vomiting because there's a lot of like even hoving, but not. But this like cold kept her awake, and then I just found. So I have found out. My roommate has a little touch of schizophrenia when they've been like up for a day or two. Cause she's going around like, yeah, there's been people outside flashing red lights. Wait, what? Yeah, dude, there was like, I would have like slept, but someone was drilling a hole in our wall and was like running a wire. What wire? <coughs> the funniest. I'm, I shouldn't be laughing, but there was like one where I was chilling and it's like, oh yeah, you know, the other day we had a robber in here. We did? Yeah, yeah, it was like some dude in a dress. I was like, what? It was like, yeah, I think it might have been a cross dresser. That's like a cross. That's like lives across the street. There's a cross dresser that lives across the street from you. Maybe I don't care. I'm not paying attention to the neighbors. If there is a cross dresser, he's I'm not in. I'm not going to care about his personal business. If he wants to cross dress, that's totally fine. Oh, man, that's um, that's a lot. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. I was getting very annoyed because then she was trying to come to my room. Hey, James, do you have that like blue book I gave you? <laughs> what blue book? Blue book. Yeah, you know the one with like me of like freaking lips, like seizures and epilepsy, epilepsy. And I'm like, you never gave me that. No, I totally did. You were like on the phone when I like gave it to you. No, you didn't give me that. Just say like no. Even her husband. He's just going like, he's like telling her, no, that didn't happen. No. I don't think he's aware of that schizophrenia. Because me, I'm like fucking just sitting there going like. A couple red flags, yeah. 
I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, not this shit again, bro. Because that like that shit could go bad. <laughs> yeah, this is the second time you've had to deal with similar things, right? Yes, I don't care for that. It's like, no, not with not another schizophrenia aggro lady. She literally was cleaning the day like today, and the dogs were barking. She's yelling the dogs to shut up. I'm just like, who cares if they're barking? Quit tripping the fuck out. Oh, man, that's... Life is weird. Sometimes. It's been a little annoying, but we're finally back to podcasting. Yeah. I think I can get back to work next week or something. We're getting there. Tomorrow's Super Bowl Sunday. Who the fuck's playing the Super Bowl? The Bengals and the Rams. Bengals and the Rams. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Brady. So, yeah, there's going to be a fat Super Bowl party at my pad going on that my roommates are throwing. So, Ma- I'm like, whatever. Cool free food barbecue. Real rad. Yeah, we're having a dinner thingy at the house tomorrow, I guess. I don't know. It should be fun. I'll be a Bengals fan for a week. I hate those Rams. <laughs> I hate the Rams. Not as much as the Chargers, but, you know. Oh, dude, it was real sweet watching Chargers fans get pissed at us. The Raiders aren't even a football team. It's like, yeah, but we beat you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Are we ready for hot meat? or not? Yeah. Want to get in the hot or not? Get the bumper. All right. So yeah, today on t- today's fucking hot or not. Let me pull up what good friend Jake sent us. It's better be good. My mom said, uh, told me the other day, you know, because this is her favorite podcast. She told me. This um, is my mom's favorite podcast. She said, um, I hope Jake picks a good track this time. I said, why is that? She said, the last you haven't been that good. (laughs) (laughs) I guess she didn't care for Sabaton. Whatever. So what Jake sent me is this song called Rat by, who the fuck's this artist? Hold on. Give me a second. I need to open up Spotify. Okay. Is Give me look, a second. Does it look like like a European or a Spanish oh, name? Or... Just open up the damn Spotify. Technical difficulties? Yes. Okay. All right. So this is a person called Penelope Scott. Let me read up. Penelope Scott. Sounds familiar. All right. <clears throat> Let me read this. Listening to Penelope Scott's music is like sitting abroad a deranged theme park ride, twisting and turning through caves of Gen Z malaise and satire. This college student turned TikTok sensation writes songs that contain the absurd humor of meme culture and acute awareness that virtually every institution is broken and the, and the frankness of someone earnestly trying to wrestle with their demons. They're cathartic, thought-provoking, and laugh-out-loud funny, and the artist behind them is far more interested in capturing specific feelings than abiding by the, confine, the confines of the genre. Of genre, Scott will release an EP titled Hazards of August 27th, which strikes a balance between the musical styles she's explored previously, including distorted pop and scratchy guitar songs. The EP contains three brand new tracks plus updated versions of songs Scott wrote before Public Void and most of the Junkyard 2. I hope the fans of my previous albums will each find their taste represented in Hazards, Scott says. 
Someone said of Scott's music, uh, Billboard's Danielle Chalowski said, Sonically, it's like being inside a video game. Lyrically, it's like scrolling a Tumblr meme page of an edgy teenage girl. For the record, Penelope Scott, it looks like, was born in the year two thousand. In the year 2000. All right. Let's, Let's see it. what Jake said. Oh, yeah, he does these now. All right, for this week's Hot or Not, I got a song by Penelope Scott. It's called Rat. It came out about 2020. Um, she's a blew up on TikTok and everything. Her song is a theoretical breakup song about Mr. Elon Musk. It's pretty entertaining. It's a good track. It's really kind of weird and quirky and out there. I think she describes her I sound think as I think there's a common Elon thing Musk. deranged yeah. theme park ride. So take that as you will. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's a cool little quirky song or whatever. I think Elon's the man, but uh, she's obviously oh doesn't think God the same. Gee. But whatever, I think the track's hot. See if you guys think it's the same. Also, Elon's pretty hot. How about that? And also, the song is called Rat because I think she. People say that I don't know. He looks like a rat in the face, but they just haters. Wow, okay. I didn't realize that Jake was really dying on the Elon Musk Tesla hill. Hey, I guess he likes Elon Musk and the Teslas, bro. All right, let's listen to this. Okay. I come from scientists and atheists and white men who kill God. They make technology high quality, complex physiological experiments and sacrilege I... in the name of public good. They taught me everything just like a daddy should. This sounds like the Steven Universe fan base. Power and success. Goddamn, I fell for you. Your flame, the words, your tunnels, and your tech. I studied code because I wanted to do something great like okay. you the real Okay, James, do you remember Guitar Hero 2? Do you remember, what was that? Freeze Pop? Freeze Pop? Do you kind of feel it to hear it, too? There's a little bit of that, but I'm actually interested in what she's saying. Yeah. This reminds me of the soundtrack to the original Metal Gear on the MSX. This sounds like someone's pissed off that Elon tanked Dogecoin. <laughs> I think Dogecoin ran out of the meme. Still, yeah. it can be used as a valuable to ex currency exchange, but the value of Dogecoin never went to that dollar that yeah. we're aware of. But we're still only in what first half of February, so we don't know where that shit can go. I am. I am. I wish I had Elon Musk's money too and do whatever the fuck he can do. I feel abused. Well, I don't want to eat the rich. I'd have to eat my heroes first. And my tuition's paid by blood. I might deserve your fate or worse. But I don't You're not wrong on that one. I don't need jack shit from you. So when I speak, you bet your life my words are true. Let me level with you, man. Is someone guilty of the game? I took the help. I took the cash. I would have taken your last name. This feels a lot longer than a few minutes. Dude, it's a fucking three minute song. This feels a lot longer than three minutes. There's a lot going on. Fuck your cars, fuck your rockets, fuck your cars again. You promised you'd be Tesla, but you're just another Edison. Cause Tesla's a patent 
people you ever broke were hearts. I that was clever. You tore humanity apart with the very same machines that could have been our brand new start. And the worst part is I loved you, I loved you, I loved you, it's true. And sometimes I feel like I still fucking do. I lived here, I loved here, I bought Yeah, not gonna lie, this song's pretty so fun. Yeah. I feel abused. Penelope's like... Penelope's like, I didn't grow up with the N64. I had a SNES. It's something like that. So you said this just sounds like just Steven Universe fan base. She she has like the voice of like of like quirky like indie pop YouTuber who does like electronic covers of like old 80s songs. Also simultaneously, like the girl with the has the voice of like the girl with the solo with like the acoustic guitar or Yo, the ukulele. I watched Scott Spil- dude. I watched Scott Pilgrim once, bro. <laughs> I played that game. Oh man. Okay, so I'm gonna, I liked it. I liked it. I'm gonna give it a hot. I'm just gonna give it a hot. I'm gonna say this. To be honest, I got no good insight on this. I've never laughed so much at a song I like lyrically agree with. Like I was never fully on board the Elon Musk hype train, but there were times where I was like, you know what? Maybe he's a good billionaire, and it's like, no, he's just a billion. You know, he. I'm like, you know, he's a billionaire like the rest of us, except in the sense of he's a dumbass sometimes. Didn't he get fired from Tesla because like he smoked weed on Joe Rogan's podcast? What? How did he get fired from his own company? Or like. That's what I heard. I heard the I heard the stockholder the stockholders got pissed at him or something. He smoked some weed on like on Joe Rogan's podcast. If he even did smoke, which Joe Rogan's I guess in hot water right now. Yeah, because either like he keeps bringing in fucking COVID deniers, or he says, or he might have said some raunchy racist shit because he got pulled off from a UFC the UFC tonight. So really, that's interesting because Dana White doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, yeah, but I have a feeling like Dana White tried to start his own Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like sponsors. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and also Rogan's like a very hot ticket. I'm sure Dana White doesn't want too much bad publicity towards the UFC because this could be really bad. Like, denying COVID's one thing. Yeah. Rogan's saying edgelord jokes because he's from like, because his comedic days from like the early 2000s. Does not translate in the year of our Lord of 2022 might put him in hot water. Yeah, I, I was hearing. I listened to a few of those jokes. and I'm like, oh, damn. When did Steven Crowder get here? You know who that is? No. Who is Steven Crowder? You know that meme where it's just like uh, the meme. Well, it's in, the original image of the meme was that guy with the coffee cup that says, like, I'm an atheist. Change my mind. But it got turned into a meme. <laughs> that one the guy in the picture is steven crowder he's uh he's a super right-wing dude who goes to college campuses and quote-unquote dunks on the young on the young libtards anyway the song though i like the i'm song. saying yeah no I like- i'll say it's a hot good job jake maybe my mom will like this one i give it a hot too an entertainment yeah i can see that being a fun zany wacky tiktok song yeah but for sure this sounds like someone has too much time in their basement in their like room <laughs> That they can make shit like this. True. Isn't that us though? No, we have to meet up in person. Well, you have to shit. meet. I guess. I guess. I, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I. Yeah. Where the are bed. you with this kind of shit? Yeah. I don't like. I don't like direct input, so I don't record at home. I like coming here, micing up the shit. Feedback, James. You can't fake feedback. That's like a yes and no. I think you can. I think you, you can't can, fake real feedback. I, I want to hear the. Sp- God, I'm going to sound like a freaking cringe word. I want to hear the space between the notes. 
The spaces between the notes. Okay. I say is I have electronic drums, but hey, Easy Drummer did nothing wrong. I was just saying. All the Easy Drummer did was give me really inconsistently mixed tracks. But anyway. Yeah. Whatever that may be. Well, okay. So like every time be I like, easy, come on, be like every her. time I export Easy Drummer, it's really hard to like to like get it great in the mix because sometimes the shit's either so cl- is either bricked too much or it's not high enough and there's very little in between. I mess with the various sound things on cymbals and snares and echo, but I can never seem to freaking get it right. Ah. Anyway, no, Penelope Scott's a hot. Yeah, I'll give it a hot, too. I was pretty entertained. Yes, me too. For the most part by Penelope Scott. You know what else was hot, or hot back in the day, that my dad thought was hot, was the album we're going to talk about. Yeah, what was the album we talked about this week? The debut record of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers called Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. This isn't Tom Petty's first band, but this is his first time with like a band with his name on it. So, yeah, Tom Petty... How can, what can I say about Tom Petty? Let me think here. Tom Petty's a guy you've heard on the radio. Oh, I've definitely heard Tom Petty on the radio before. I I I I think he's I think he's one of the great I think he's one of the great uh, rock and rollers. You know, he was holding down the fort in the seventies with like Steve Miller as far as like consistent like seventies rock hits that weren't freaking disco, but they also weren't heavy metal. Um, and this is like, you know, 10 years before Brian Adams came out and dominated the charts with his pop music. Uh, but yeah, Tom Petty, he, he makes, I I always like to think of him as like good, accessible rock and roll, you know? I mean, come on, who, who couldn't, who couldn't like a Tom Petty song? He's perfectly like safe and approachable. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, he's super safe and approachable. All right. How do we start this shit? Okay. So the first song is called rocking, rocking, rocking around parentheses, with you uh it's a fun opener it's nothing amazing or super noteworthy it's short and sweet um this song and a couple other songs um i don't know why but like there was a good amount of songs on here that gave me fleetwood mac vibes but like but like that doesn't make sense because this uh this this record came out in like 76 and rumors i'm trying to look it up right here came out i think in 77 uh, oh, 77. Oh, okay. But they're but they had an album before that with Lindsay and Stevie Nicks, which was which made a lot of money. But anyway, yeah, this was a good song. Gave it a six. Yeah, so kind of kind of was just an opening track for song yeah. one. Short, but really a standalone song. It's nothing happening. But I understand that this song serves a purpose for the record. So I give it six out of ten. That's what it felt yeah. like with this song. It was just kind of like an opening track to the record. Yeah, exactly. A standalone it wasn't song, like an, no. It wasn't like an intro track, but it was like an introduction. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so track two is Breakdown. Uh, this is a radio boy and a good one, too. It's a good song. Uh, also, uh, I finally got a chance to tell the story, which actually reminds me I need to make an addendum to a previous story, which I'll do after I talk about the song. Oh, yeah? Because of the way Tom Petty sounded in this song specifically, I think this single was released before American Girl. I might be wrong. Dad thought when he first heard him, because he didn't see a picture of him until he bought the record, he thought that Tom Petty was uh, was Hispanic. Did you listen to the voices? It's all right if you love me. It's all right if you don't. That's how he sounds. I He's know. almost like your Italian voice almost. Uh, hey, God. It's all yeah, right if you love, love me. me. 
He's so right. down. Dad always said, I always told dad I did a great Tom Petty break impersonation, down. but he said, no, you don't. I mean, he said, that's not what he sounds like. I'm like, dad, he's like, break down. Break down. Uh, and what's the next? It's like, it's like, you're something. Your eyes give you away. <laughs> that's what he sounds like. But yeah, no, I like the song. I actually like, like the song. Um, It's a seven. Uh, Sometimes I feel like I'm either, uh, when, when with some of my ratings, I feel like I'm either harsher or nicer with my scores. Cause like if you're a legendary single like this one and I feel like you kind of deserve your rep. Yeah. Okay. But if you're kind of like a boring one, I've heard too many times that I'm not a big fan of like fucking Led Zeppelin, uh, then I'm kind of a little harsher, but I like the song. Give it a seven. Yeah, so for song two, Breakdown, I wrote down... Go ahead and give it to me. So yeah, I wrote down that this is a classic radio Punisher. <laughs> it can be a total Punisher, but to be honest, I haven't heard the song in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So I was vibing with it pretty good. Eight oh, yeah. Of, I gave it eight out of ten. Ooh, it is a good song. Like, I have not heard it in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there's like, and me actually studying and just hanging out and listening to it, I was like, you know what? I'm in a good mood. I like this. The song is <laughs> the song's hitting me. Hitting Tom Petty it right. puts you in a good mood. He really does. Yeah. Track three is, oh, right. The addendum I want to make. Remember how uh, I told you how, um, what was it? I said that um, my grandma got Elvis's uh, scarf or harmonica or something. I got my stories mixed up. I think I said my grandma got, my mom's mom got uh, Elvis's harmonica. I was wrong. She Elvis threw one of his scarves and my grandma caught it. But in my mom's words, some bitch ripped it out of her hand, but she did have Johnny Cash's harmonica. And I said, not going to lie. I think that's a cooler harmonica. That's pretty sick. <laughs> okay. So three is hometown blues. I wrote here rock and roll saloon boy. Uh, another fun catchy one. It's simple to the point, And I wrote here, it's probably fun live. Gave it a six. I thought it was good. I wrote down this was okay, but kind of filler. Five out of ten. You know, I felt filler sometimes in this album uh, a few times. And oh, yeah, no. I feel like I, one song in particular, it really... Oh, yeah, no, I felt that. <laughs> Don't worry, I felt that. And one song in particular, it really kicks in. Okay, so track four is The Wild One, Forever. This song opened up, and the music kind of reminded me of Cuts, you, uh, Cuts Like a Knife by Brian Adams. Um, so I wrote here, damn, Petty's ahead of the time. This song from 76 sounded, had a very like early eighties vibe to it. It's all right. It kind of just starts and doesn't evolve. And then it just ends. And I wrote here, that's kind of a theme with these songs. Um, like I feel like breakdown and a couple other ones, like have like kind of clear beginning and ends, but a lot of these songs, they just kind of fade out. Like, yeah, a yeah, lot of, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a meme where it's like, Oh, Hey, seventies musician, seventies bands when they don't know how to end a song, they just fade out. Yeah. Like old bands did fade. It's like the Beatles had a million fade outs, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like the album flowed Fucking better. Elvis Presley had a lot of fade outs, bro. When we listened to that first record. <laughs> bro, yeah. And I was I brought up the Beatles because I feel like even though a lot of the songs fade out, they still flow. I tell you, man, being raised on the Beatles kind of spoils you for like quality of music. So track five. Oh, yeah. I gave that one a five. I think I said. For song four? Yeah. I thought it was a battle banger. Seven out of ten. Wait, really? I must have been in a good mood for that one. I was in a good mood. Well, maybe just didn't grab me. Track five is called Anything That's Rick and Roll. Fuck. Rock and I wrote Rick and Roll. Rick and Roll. Rick and Roll. <laughs> Sounds like, you know what it is? You know what it hey, is? Morty. You know what I think it is? Because I think around the, t I think, because I paused for a minute. I think that's when I started watching that like hour long video about how Rick and Morty's kind of sucks in season three. 
Yeah, <laughs> just kind of well, it just became inconsistent. Inconsistent. In that was yeah, that was a good video. Track five is yeah. Uh, it sounds like mid seventies radio pop rock, but ironically, I haven't heard this one on the radio. It's a shorter two minute one, and um, you know, it's more of the same. Probably filler, but it's catchy, little forgettable. But I thought it was better than okay, so I gave it a six. Song five, I wrote down this was a fun generic song, six out of ten. That sounds like such a backhanded compliment. It's like, oh man, hey, it's like, oh Tom Petty, big fan. It's like, hey, yeah, nice to meet you. By the way, did you like that one song we wrote? Anything that's rock and roll? Yeah, it sounded it was it was fun. It was good filler. No, 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 no. It, it was a good generic song. Thank you. <laughs> Track six is Strangered in the Night. And I checked. It's not Stranger. It's not Stranded. It's Strangered. I don't think that's a in word. In the night. In the night. Um, this was better than the last couple songs. I really liked its groove and melody. Um, it just sounds good. This is, I wrote here, this is one of the few songs on this record besides the singles I would like, I would throw on again. I really like this one. I gave it a seven. All right. Song six. Yes. I'm sorry. I got a little lost. I wrote down this song was honestly pretty sick. Seven out of 10. That's pretty good. Dude, it was a pretty fucking badass song. Not going to lie. Track seven is called fooled again. Parentheses. I don't like it. That was foreshadowing. Now, this song screamed in my brain screamed filler. Track seven. And I wrote here, filler. You have 10 songs at under at under 40 minutes. Not even that. I double checked. This record's under 35. And you have a song that sounds this filler. I didn't care for it. Five out of 10. So for song seven. Yes. What was the song called again? Fooled again. Parentheses. I don't like it. I wrote down it's not the Who song. Because <laughs> when it said fooled again, it's like, we don't get fooled again. You got you to do that. Not going to lie. Maybe yeah! it kind of made me want to listen to the Who a little bit when I like saw that title. The Who is a band that I still need to like invest the time into. I'm more interested in like going down their rabbit hole than Rolling Stones. Yeah, no. It's not the Who song. Yeah. For some reason, I was seeing that, but it was an awesome C tier song. Six out of ten. <laughs> awesome C. That sounds backhanded too. I guess I got great backhanded com compliments. You do. I've heard you talk to Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of Rolling Stones, one of my favorite things. Oh, ever this is the same guy that fucking told me, "Hey, why haven't you left yet?" <laughs> Why, why are you guys just leaving right now? I tried not to laugh too much when you said that because that's like, a, I could tell no. you were mad at the time, but like... No, I wanted you to laugh at that. That, that was, was really funny because <laughs> that's such a Dylan thing to say. It's like, it's like he missed it. It's I could totally see it like you explained the situation. You went in a bit of a detail I, I about how your day was, but all he heard was, we usually... Wait, 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 you guys started leaving now? No, the car, the truck didn't start. Hours Why ago. did you guys leave earlier? This isn't a quick process because I got whoever's tools and I'm crawling under this like truck. Yeah, Thankfully, yeah. there's enough room for me to do like replace it. But mm -hmm. this fucking guy, that fucking guy, he is so lucky he didn't hey, get COVID. Hey, yo, yeah, you know it's funny you reacted. He better. is lucky life. Fred, like was like life was nice to him once. Life was very nice to him on. That's this like the one game. solid that twenty twenty one. Life for the band him. does not, and I was like, Kurt, this band is cursed. Fuck this band. Why can't it be like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? <laughs> maybe it was just one. Maybe we could try a tour again. I don't know. I'm not too motivated. Why couldn't if I you? am motivated, I'm gonna do something more small scale. Sure. You know, you you handled this trip better than uh, one of the famous. Really? 
One of the famous stories about uh, X Friend Redacted was that um, one time when they went somewhere, uh, his uh, that that Pride and Joy truck of his he used to have, or maybe still has, something happened to it. I think either it got towed or it got scuffed or something. And apparently, the story goes, oh, he no. got so mad oh, yeah, he no. ripped a bench. No, out. his family is freaking. Parents SUV got towed. Got towed. That's right. And he fucking flipped over a table and was like, what the fuck? And I think he Ow, like what the fuck? If I remember the story, he like somehow tried to like half ass blame it on like Dylan or something. Or me, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh but track eight. Oh yeah, I was gonna say it was just about. Yeah, we're talking I, about when, Tom Petty, not my not our fucking like tragedy. I was gonna say uh when I when I mentioned Rolling Stones, I was gonna mention real quick, one of my favorite things I ever heard Lemmy Kilmeister ever say was he was taught someone asked him, like, hey, so who was like the better show? You know, seeing the because he saw the Beatles and Rolling Stones as they were coming up. And he was like, Oh yeah, the Beatles put on the way route of your show uh, or the, the better shows, he said. And they're like, Really? He said, Yeah, he said, Everyone always wrote the Beatles off like they were these, you know, pretty uh, like they were these pretty boy like love on people he said no those guys were scrappy blue collar dudes from liverpool he said the rolling stones guys were all were all middle class kids going to art school and i just thought that was really funny track eight is mystery man it's a slow mellow slide guitar boy but you know what you know what i liked it uh, well i liked it better than the last song it's another song about a girl or something where the word <laughs> I think there's a couple songs about a girl where the word "girl" and where the word "baby" and "honey" is used. Break not as down. not as much as Zeppelin, but enough I noticed it. It was cool. It reminded me of like a '60s jam song. This song mel- melodically reminded me of like an upbeat um, "When the Wind Cries Mary" by Hendrix. It doesn't like sound like it, but just it had a similar progression if it was upbeat. Although speaking of Zeppelin, I know it's Petty. Did you notice Petty Zepp uh, vocals in this on this song? To me, it was channeling Plant a bit. I don't know how many you remember Plant. Oh, yeah, Robert Plant. Sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm getting Paige and Plant mixed <laughs> stuff. No, if he wanted to be no, you see, Tom Petty is a guitar player that respects his uh, his bandmates and doesn't like build the song around around masturbating mo- his guitar. At the moment, I'm not aware if he's a fucking groomer. Like fucking like page. I don't know why I was getting like all this fucking like while we were listening to Zeppelin, I was getting all this Led Zeppelin information. I guess yeah, no, fucking page that had like fucking fourteen year old girlfriends and shit. Well, seventies baby, seventies baby. What'd you think of Mystery Man track eight? I wrote. Oh, down, I gave it a six. I wrote down kind of filler ballad, but it was good. Eh, six out of ten. It was like leaning a five, but I'm like, nah. Yeah. It was good. I'll give it a six. Well, now this next one I really, I'll give it a six. This next one I really like. Track nine is the keyboard heavy spacey Luna. This is a bad jam, dude. I like this. It's a bad it's man not, jam. It's your not t- it's not your typical Tom Petty song, but I enjoyed it for the melodic rhythmic experience it was. I think the lyric did you listen to the lyrics? It sounded like this dude was either. It sounded like this dude either had a bad trip or he got high while he was watching the end of Space Odyssey because he was talking about like colors coming out from the windows or something. I oh. don't know. I just know I liked it. It reminded me of like a condensed version of like someone King Crimson song Epitaph. Well, I don't know. I just thought it was a not, it was a fun space boy. <laughs> dude, you remind me of like a quick little scene from Pam and Tommy oh, God. where fucking Seth Rogen's character is getting attacked by like Tommy Lee's like private eye. <laughs> and he's just sitting there. It's like, what's this record? Throws his and you just hear like Seth Rogen's like, dude, what the fuck? That's King Crimson. <laughs> 
You know, I'm not going to lie. I thought for a second you were going to tell me that uh, you're just like, you reminded me of the scene where yeah. Seth Rogen gets attacked by King Crimson. No, he was getting- Like Robert Frick just no, comes out I, with a- Fripp comes out with a guitar and just beats up Seth Rogen. No, no. He was just sitting there bumping some King Crimson, enjoying the money from selling the sex tape, then gets attacked by this man in a suit, and he like chucks like the record off from the record like player, and he, you just hear yell, dude, what the fuck? It's King Crimson. No. And that Seth Rogen voice. That's great. That's great. Oh, yeah. So for me, yeah, what, I gave it a six. Yeah. For song nine, I wrote down this kind of was making me zone out. Okay. I give it a five out of 10. I liked it. Track 10 is American Girl. And oh, my God, this song comes out of nowhere. Like considering the rest of the album, even like I thought Breakdown was on like an album or two after this because I because because I only listened because I thought this record was like a from like whatever distant memory. I thought this was like a straightforward kind of rock album. But like American Girl just comes out and it's like, oh, man, I wonder why they put this one on last. This might be the best song. I don't know if I liked it the most, but it's like this is the only one that would sell records. I'll tell you that. Um, I wrote here. I said um, I've heard this on the radio forever, but you know what? I always liked it. And, you know. It, you know, it, it's got some of the, the classic Tom Petty. Uh, it's just good. It's just good. good. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Take it easy, baby. See, I have to milk this all I can because I don't think we're going to do the Tom Petty journey. <laughs> well, so, like, next time we'll talk so about I, Tom Petty. I, I, I need to cement this in history that everyone hears my good Tom Petty voice. So when my dad hears this, he's going to be like, I'm going to be like, Hey dad, check it out. Our like 69 followers, which I think is on Podbean. It's like 69 or 70 or whatever. Our, our thousands of listeners think I sound like Tom Petty. Yeah. So, so I gave the song a seven, by the way. Oh yeah. So song, song 10, I wrote down a classic and really the best song on the record. Eight out of 10. Yeah, don't be kind of saying that. Cause there are some other songs I really liked, but like American girl comes out. I'm like, fuck dude. I see why you were the single. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, breakdown was a single too, but breakdown, I think I like it more, but I don't know if it's a better song. Does that make sense? I don't know, but I could say it's like this, uh, like, yeah, no, this was a pretty fun listen. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's only 30 minutes too. Thank fucking God. 30 minutes and like 20 something seconds. <sighs> I know. It was like a punk record. Dude, it was just like so easy. So if I so tally, nice. So if I were to tally up my score, which <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> you did you now. Out of a score of 100, this album gets... A 61, which, you know, like I said. I have 100? Yeah. Because still considered a D. <laughs> well, I wanted songs well, that are good a, to be a, I wanted good songs to be a seven. But you said, no, bro. Got to be six, bro. Like the like the devil. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. <laughs> sure, but we can pretend I did. Yeah, dude, come on. It has to be six. Like the devil. Fucking Satan. Metal. Like Slipknot. This this ref this reference goes out to the OGs. Satan wants our kids. Homosexuals want your children. children. Say amen. We are jacking that for a sound bit, by the way. Can you please just like start making like video minute long video clips of like snippets of the show related to the source material? Oh dude, speaking of which Yeah, you used to do video edits. I I randomly checked out the YouTube channel because at the time shit was going on. I just kinda like eh. I checked out Eh. the YouTube channel. Uh, those three episodes I did actually got a couple amount of views, and it was actually a comment. I was like, "Man, it's a bummer, you guys. Uh, it's a bummer, you guys stopped this little experiment of yours. It was fun." And I'm like, "Fuck, I kind of want to do it again now." <laughs> you know what it is? So it's just I'm busy hey, with. Please, because no, 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 no. Here, 
Make it a minute format. We can put it on TikTok. Oh, fuck. How about you, that? You know what it is? Because I, well, I did like doing the long videos, so I want to try doing that again. I'll send you like little snippets or something, and then you can upload it on your TikTok. Yes. Which is like, you know, fucking the fucking name of the show. So. Yeah, exactly. You are Dr. Danger. Death Danger minus the death and danger at the moment. Hey, all right. I want 70s. I don't know. Or like maybe early 80s. Okay. Uh, left, right. Well, you know what? Actually, hold on. Let me let me let me do something for you. I'm gonna find where the '90s start and the '70s. Um, How about you just aim for like middle of the book? Okay, okay. Middle, you know, but maybe a little bit more. Okay, okay. Let me just kind of just like, middle. Just go. Okay, okay. Left, right, forward, back. I'm just a weird angle. Uh, triple D on the attack, and then bam. Fuck, it's talking heads again. Uh, do do do. Aretha Franklin from 68. I'm down. <laughs> I'm like, random. Unless you just want to listen to The Who. Because not going to lie, I feel like listening to The Who. But Aretha Franklin, I'm like, that sounds interesting. Let's see here. The daughter of gospel singer C.L. Franklin, she sure had pedigree. But it was not until signing to Atlantic Records. Yeah, that's right. Atlantic Records. You know, everyone thinks Capitol Records, like the, rec the record company. But Atlantic was like one of the... Anyway. Uh, and there was 12 years into her singing career that Aretha Franklin was crowned Lady Soul. Previous employers, Columbia, had her singing bland pop. But Atlantic producer Jerry Wexler matched her force of nature voice to Memphis's muscle shoals sound rhythm section. I have no idea what half those words meant. And Aretha's rapturous soul was set free. And you're you're one for pros, aren't you, Robert? Um Lady Soul was their third album together and their best. Aretha had gained confidence from the Atlantic debut, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. While its more eclectic follow-up, Aretha Arrives, highlighted the strengths and limits of her talent. Uh, uh, da -da -da -da. Lady Soul played to those strengths by showcasing Aretha's twin passions of R&B, Don Covey's badass anthem, Chain of Fools, and Since You've Been Gone, Franklin's backlit backup singers, the Sweet Inspirations, that's a great name, conducting a fiercely vocal sortie against the titular absentee boyfriend and gospel. While Eric Clapton... Eric Clapton? While Eric Clapton's solo on the Molten Blues, Good to Me as I Am we to get You... We get a slow hand solo? I get yeah, Good to Me as I Am... Yeah, I guess so, on track seven. Um... Uh, acknowledge contemporary goings on in rock and roll. Lady Soul covers the masters with a Curtis Mayfield song, a James Brown song, Ray Charles with flair and authority. A natural woman's the standout, the muscle shoals musicians pilgrimage to Atlantic studios in New York for these session mirrors, Aretha's own artistic journey, infusing the beautifully crafted song by Brill building writers, Carol King and Jeffrey Goffin. I think Elvis covered a few of their songs with the honesty and passion. She acquired in Memphis, finding her true voice in the process. You're going to love this. The Tom Petty record. We just listened to right? 10 songs, 30 minutes. This is 10 songs, 28. You know what though? We'll Sounds listen. To, awesome. You know what? We'll listen to the Who after this. After, yeah. after Aretha Franklin, though. Well, what, what record is that? You need to show me that, or at least send oh, it to me. Fuck. It's oh uh, fuck. It's something something soul. Soul. Here, let me just look it on Spotify. Yeah. Great, compelling radio. As we were both searching. Bro, oh, here it is. It's called Aretha Lady Soul. Sorry, Penelope Scott. We already listened to you once. I'm good. Aretha Franklin. Lady Soul. Like a lady. Yeah, okay, sweet. Yeah, Lady Soul. 
What Who record do you want to listen to? I don't know. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Do you want to do the journey, uh, or do you want to just do an album? Well, how many? Okay, how many Who albums are there? You know what? Why don't you introduce our next segment, and I'll look. Yeah, sure. I want to introduce our next segment by taking a piss. Fuck. And then we'll take, and then we'll go to the main event. Okay. <clears throat> All right. It's time for the main event. All right, what do we watch this week? Sorry, so sometimes I'm like, man, it fucking sounds like we hate our friends sometimes. <laughs> no, I just hated that weekend. <laughs> it caused me a lot more trouble than it should. Okay, so anyway, this week we watched genuinely one of my favorites. This is a little movie called Starship Troopers. Now, how can I summarize Starship Troopers? In a word, fascism. <laughs> Okay, so listen, long story short, the book was written by a guy named Robert, I wish I forgot how to say his name, Robert Heilman, Heilman, and basically, this dude, um, the, the dude, uh, uh, his idea for the novel is, hey, look at these dope-ass soldiers fighting wars, because this, the book came out in the 50s, so there was like a little more prose written to it, but it was also at the height of communism, and I think the guy was like fairly conservative-ish, and actually, fun little fact, uh, the original uh, Starship Troopers novel is one of the first instances of like power armor being used in sci-fi well the director for this movie was like peter something or other he's like super duper duper not that at all so he was so he decided to take the movie and turn it into a really obvious like it's, it's so on the nose it's inside your nose satire of fascism capitalism the u.s military um, and I'll be honest, I watched this movie for the first time in like high school or whatever. And you know, there's, there's some really gnarly action in here. And you know, the characters are cheesy, but serviceable. This movie actually in recent years has kind of come under kind of a critical reanalysis and people are like, yo, look at all this, uh, look at all this, look at this, uh, this, this subtle commentary, even though it wasn't subtle at all, but it's kind of neat. Not to the level of MGS2, but you know, no one's calling Starship Troopers the greatest movie of all time. But you know, there's a lot of interesting thing here. It touches on propaganda, uh, you know, the mentality of soldiers and stuff. It's really neat. Um, also, so um, I have notes for this, but I also don't. My phone did it die? No, no, no. It got a Samsung Notes update. So I thought to myself. Well, gosh darn, I better update my Samsung notes. Holy Ever fucking sen- <laughs> shit, this goddamn chat with my deaf old band. Is, is that going to come up on the recording? Not the bing on the computer, but maybe... Because there's the- been like eight bings in the last 20 seconds. What the fuck? Bing! <laughs> But okay, so after my phone updated, every time I go in my notes to text and type, the shit like, I'll start typing, and then it'll start registering my fingers, but I'm still typing, but then eventually it'll just autofill everything in, so I'm like, okay, whatever, that's weird. But then the shit will just like jump around, and it'll just like automatically like realign my text and delete shit, and I'm just like... And like I had pretty decent notes for the first half, for like the first quarter half of the movie, but then after that it just kind of shits out, and I was just like, "What the hell?" So I, you know, I I reset I reset the phone, I checked for the latest updates, I even sent in a freaking like um, problem report to Samsung, which I know is not going to do anything, but I just wanted to know I exhausted all my options, so I wasn't able to finish notes. But it's okay because I compensated for it. I watched this movie like three times. 
And I'm going to be honest. Do you have a pretty crystal clear memory of how this movie is? The only parts I had trouble really remembering was the first half. There's a lot of like There's snap, 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 snap in the first half. Yes. Because it opens up with like a flashback. And then when we get to where the flash, when we get caught up, it's a pretty straight shot to the end of the movie. That's real easy. But the first part of the movie was the pain in the ass. But it's all right. I've been watching this movie off and on since high school. So we open up with the computer advertisements. Yeah. The space, the space news. Um, the, the, the plan of Clan Dathu is at war. The plan of Clan Dathu. Home of the Ara- home of the well, the bugs. Or Arachnids or the bugs. Yeah, they're at war with us, and they're, they and, sent another meteor. Well, they're saying if they send another meteor, this is after the first one. If we send another meteor, we'll be ready and all that crap. And then we cut to the plan. And, you know, there's some like there's we some like to new the bug stuff pla- yeah, going there's on. There's a newscast going on the bug planet. Yeah, and then we go to the bug planet. We see the guy. It's a bug planet. No. It's a nasty planet. A bug planet. It's a nasty planet. A bug planet. And then we see one of the arachnids come up and then chomps the guy in half. I need to say this right now because I know I'll say it later, so I want to get it out of the way. Number one, the arachnids to this day are fucking terrifying. Like the way they look. Oh, yeah. no. I genuinely think these are some of the creepiest looking monsters in sci-fi. And second, special effects in this movie are fucking great. Yeah, no. <laughs> this shit came out in 1997. I remember watching this for the first time like 10-ish years ago. I the Special effects are great. The monster effects, it's all good. So the guy literally gets bit in half. We actually see a quick shot of our hero, uh, Johnny Rico, run by as they gun down the bug. He's like, get out of here now! So he says it. And then we actually see him get stabbed by the arachnid like on the camera. And it looks like, oh, shit, is that dude dead? But then we flash back a year before that. Yes. Now, one year earlier in a classroom, basically we're in a classroom and it's basically establishing the world with the Federation. Yeah. And then, yeah, we got the teacher going on some. Michael Ironside. Basically. Is that the actor or the. That's the actor. Okay. Basically, the teacher is, uh, it's really quick, but it's really interesting. He's setting up the world and he's, uh, we basically live in a world where, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, the notifications in my ear. We basically live in a world in this movie where uh, literally violence is the solution to everything and talks of peace are just rendered crap. And we see, and we see that when one of the female leads named Dizzy is like, well, my mom says violence doesn't solve anything. And he literally brings up, what do you think the fathers of Hiroshima would say about that? And it's like, okay. And then we actually get one of the more notable quotes, memorable quotes from this movie. Um, Michael Ironside asks uh, Johnny Rico, he's like, what's the difference, if any, between a citizen, citizen and, a, and a civilian? And Johnny says something to the effect of like, a civilian takes responsibility for the political body of the people. A citizen. Yeah. And a civilian does not or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's something about it's thinly veiled patriotism. Yeah, it's very thinly veiled patriot. And like whatever the answer was sick. I don't know. It was kind of a weird question. What's the difference between a citizen and a, and a civilian? And it's like a citizen has like declared whatever to whatever the federation or whatever. And a civilian is a nobody and like is like lesser being of because they don't have declaration towards Here the Federation. A citizen accepts personal responsibility for the safety and the body politic, defending it with his life. A civilian does not. That's what it is. Which, yeah. Uh, oh, we also meet um, Johnny's girlfriend, uh, played by Denise Richards, who you may know as the hot chick from Wild Things, who got it on with Kevin She was Bacon. also like the nerdy Bond villain in that one Bond movie with uh, Pierce Bronson. Wait. 
Which she was in she was a Bond girl? Yeah. Wait, was she in like the world's not enough? Maybe. Because that's the one I don't ever remember. The only the only Pierce Bronson I love Pierce Bronson, he's our generation's Bond. Um, or when we were kids anyway. But the only ones I consistently remember watching was like literally Goldeneye and Die Another Day. And I'm not gonna lie, it's partially cause I like the Guess I'll die another day. But yeah, um, yeah, Denise Richards, they're a couple, whatever. You can already tell Dizzy's really fond of him. They leave the class and then they go out to see their test scores. Um, Carmen. Yes, Denise Richards Richards was in The World Is Not Enough. Oh, that's the one I like. I've seen that movie maybe once, (laughs) like literally maybe once. I don't even think it's bad. I've just only seen it once. Uh, Pierce Bronson. Did you know Pierce Bronson actually looks the most like Bond? Oh, yeah. This is the fucking Bond movie where, like, the fucking villain's, like, way hotter than fucking the Bond uh-huh. girl. Which is, which is something because Denise Richards is a pretty lady. I don't know, but Denise Richards just kind of looks like a generic lady at times, too. Yeah, but she's a good-looking generic yes. lady. You know, I was going to say really quick, to, um, I was going to say, do you know Pierce Bronson actually looks like the most like the literary depiction of James Bond from like Ian Flynn's old books? Like literally in the books, it's like black hair, kind of strong jaw, the blue eyes. The only thing he was missing, I guess, old book bond had like a scar on his cheek because he was a tough guy he was a tough guy but yeah so they're going out to check their scores because denise richard's character whose name is carmen i think uh she wants to be a pilot so she needs like a good math score yeah she gets like a 97 um rico goes to check his he gets a 33 and then we meet carl perkins who's played by neil patrick a fucking very, harris i was like oh shit right this is, this young is like Pat- eight years after doogie hauser Oh, my God. You know what's interesting about him? He was kind of just floating around wherever for a while. But then two things happened. How I Met Your Mother and those Harold and Kumar movies helped put him back in like the main light. And now we can't imagine life without Neil Patrick Harris. I can't imagine life without Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> He's great. He was awesome in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, he was. But, um, he was pretty awesome in the last Matrix movie, too. He's good in, like, every movie he's in. Even if it's a bad movie, he's going to be good. Like, yeah. that's just a thing. This is Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, he's great. He's just going to do his thing. Even in this movie where, like, I mean, he's not like a, no one's a bad actor in this, but everyone's kind of ham and cheesing it a bit. It's like ham and cheese, but these are also very young in their career, too. Exactly. But, um... So he comes up and he, you know, he makes fun of Johnny in front of everybody. Interesting thing about Johnny Rico in the books, he was Filipino. And in this movie, he's a all American blonde Chad. Yeah, he's a Chad Chin friggin' American lad. <laughs> but like this, they're like their hometown is set in Buenos Aires. Yeah, they're from Buenos Aires, which number one. That wouldn't have fit the Filipino person anyway, unless they were they established he was an immigrant. And second, his family looks pretty well off because they live in a nice future space house. Oh my god, my fucking bandits. Anyway, so that happens, and then they fuck off for a while. And then I think after this, we cut to um Johnny trying to get a psychic test with uh with Neil Patrick Harris. Well, I thought they're just kind of psychicking around. Well, yeah, because he's the idea is he has to like predict the cards coming up on the computer, but he can't. And Neil Patrick Harris is literally like, you should have statistically guessed one by now. So in Johnny's own words, so I'm I've got no luck and I'm bad at math. I'm like, damn, I forgot Rico kind of was in the in the movie. Rico like at the start kind of sucked. Yeah, he was just a dumb. Well, yeah, he was just a dumb jock because after this scene, don't we cut to the football game? No, we cut to now a science like a, a friggin' we That's cut to right, the science biology, classroom. Yeah. With a fucking eyebrowless friggin' teacher. 
Okay, so I and could, like then yeah. they're dissecting a like a giant bug, and Rico's just taking out the organs, and we see Des- Denise Richard vomits. Yeah, and like the teacher who's also blind, I think, gives a little exposition about the bugs, talking about their evolution and how you know, oh, you know, humans, you know, we think we're nature's greatest achievement, but the bugs are really interesting. And yeah, they're dissecting this thing, and let me tell you, that shit was kind of grody. Yeah, they did, they did pretty good on the practical effects on that it's one. It's literally kind of like, you guys remember how in John Carpenter's The Thing, when the thing opens up its like mouth stomach, when it when it's possessed that dude, it's like hollow on the inside? It was like that, but it was filled with sticky, sticky guts. So now we cut to the football game. Well, now we had cut to the psychic guessing game, then oh, to the football okay, game. My bad. Dude, there's a lot of small bullshit, but now we're See, at that's football why this game. is the hardest part to memorize. Now we got some dude that was trying to flirt with Denise. Yes, yeah, so freaking... Um, some football some football player from the opposing school. Yeah, who's... By the way, these guys, these guys are all supposed to be Johnny, in high school, by the way. Yeah, and then like Johnny Rico has to insert his dominance on this guy because Denise is his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and he scores a touchdown while doing a bunch of fucking somersault flips. Yeah, he... Um, he scores the game-winning touchdown. He's like, yeah, big pee-pee. Now, at home with his parents, they're not stoked for his decision that he wants to join the service. Yeah, um, it's classic. Um, and there's there's actually an interesting bit of foreshadowing when the dad's like, yeah, there should be a law against them using schools as recruiting stations. He says, I would rather take 10 lashings in public square than have you join up, which is... Which has semi happy. Hey, that's later. pretty good. That's pretty cool. But either way, they're arguing, but basically his parents bribe him that hey, let's go take a six space beach trip. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, fine, I won't join the service. So now, now we're, we're just a- at the dance. Yeah, we're at the dance and Diz- This movie can't wait to get back to the fucking bugs. Yeah, yeah. Now at the dance, Diz, I guess the friend of like Johnny, uh, so like some chick that has a crush on him, steals Johnny away for a quick dance. Yeah, and she's like, Why don't we ever get together? And Johnny's like, I Carmen, that's basically his response. Come on, Denise Richards. <laughs> but then he goes off and talks to like that teacher. Who was the actor again? Michael Ironside. I think yeah, his character's talk- name's Rans Rashak, but I just he kept calling whatever. Him he goes Ironside. talks. Yeah, no, he goes talks to Ironside, and then he's like asking his dilemma of like he wants to do the service, but he's not sure. And then his teacher just tells him, "It's like, hey, this is something that you should decide on your own. The the the, the ability to choose is the only freedom we have." Or to come to his own conclusion, whatever. So Xander, that dude that was at the game flirting with Denise, shows up. Yeah. Because I guess she invited him. Xander, yeah, I just wrote down Xander, the Chad lad, was talking to Denise. And yeah, then Johnny she, pulls up. Because she got stoked because while they were flirting at the game, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to this, I'm going to this like, rad flight school. <laughs> really? You're going to? Oh, my God. And what I want to do. So, okay, now. Is this- then we see Johnny pull De- Denise away. And they yeah. get romantic at the dance. I think they might have kissed. Yeah, I don't know. And Johnny is then just things like, no, I'm for sure enrolling to the federal service. Yes. The next we cut to a pledge to the federal service because I guess we see Denise, Mm -hmm. Johnny Rico and Neil Patrick Harris signing up. Yeah. And I didn't get the whole thing down, but they the the pledge is literally they've got their hands up and they're literally just like through my own free will and after being told the risks, I hereby sign up for two years or more than two years of service or something. That's pretty short term. Now we I uh, guess I guess I don't know people die pretty quick. Well, at least if you're fucking like a foot soldier. Yeah. But either way, 
Now we go to the Neil, recruitment whoa, 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 officer, right? No, no. We get Neil Patrick Harris. He says he's going in for military intelligence. Well, yeah, Denise, she's going for a pilot. And Johnny, he's going for infantry. That's the interesting thing. Infantry. Neil, Neil Patrick Harris specifically refers to his role as games and theories. And yeah, we're games and theories. Which and Denise like, oh. is like, that's intelligence. And I'm like, I, and I always thought to myself, is that like some Ender's Game bullshit where they try to like make it like, because make it like a video game kind now, of thing? Here's the thing about like this movie. Total small subplot, like barely noticed there. Neil Patrick Harris is a psychic and then in this world mm-hmm. and universe, they're psychics. Yeah. So... Oh, and then uh, one of my favorite, it's a, it's a small moment, but one of my favorite bits uh, from this movie is um, when Rico, when Johnny Rico is telling the recruitment guy, oh, I'm going to mobile infantry. He has like a prosthetic metal hand. Yeah. like the, He goes to shake his hand. And he's like, he's like, good for you. He said, mobile infantry made me the man I have today. He, and then he we turns see, away with his one good hand. And then we see he also has no legs. Yeah. He's pretty erect, dude. And That's like, really good. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> and then now I forgot. And now, then we see like the, those characters. They make a promise that you know what, we're always a, gonna be friends. When all this, like, whenever in doubt, and all that stuff. Now we see Johnny Rico now arguing with his dad as he yells off, like, "I'm joining the service." Are you doing this for a girl? That's dumb. And then it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm doing this because I want to be a citizen. What? Yeah. That what just... is that? And he's like, you know what, Johnny, you're cut off. And I was like, well, I guess now he has to go to the military. Yeah. So, yeah, Johnny and we see now at, like, some airport or whatever, Johnny and Denise are getting ready to depart from each other. Yes. And Rico says he loves her, but she's a little hesitant. And it's like, a little collar pull right there. And then he asks if she, like, asks her to say that she loves him. Whatever. She then departs away. Now we get to, a like, a news computer click thing. Yeah, basically doing some more world building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um they introduce this is one specifically they introduce um yeah you know, they do a couple little things whenever there's like a a murder was caught and sentenced today watch their I'm paraphrasing but watch their public execution at six all net all channels and then uh, then we see an arachnid tear up a cow and they're like everyone knows arachnids are dangerous but then they said something like Mormon extremists ignored the warning to set up Fort St. Joseph on some planet. And then we get a bunch of, and then we get a shot of a bunch of tore up, gutted up bodies and saying how, but there were other guests there, the arachnids or whatever. Would you like to know more? Would you like to know more? That's what they ask in all these. Would you like to know more? Would you like to, would you like to know more? Would you like to know more? So would now, you like to know more? now do we cut to the training camp? Yeah, we cut to boot camp. Okay, great. With this fucking goofy drill sergeant. I wanted to point something out before I forget. That, that fucking g- voice. Yeah, that that General Zim, that's Clancy Brown. It's Mr. Krabs. He's done other voices too, but holy fuck, that's Mr. Krabs. That's probably the most notable one, but yeah, he's been in a million things. He's Yeah, no, his voice is fucking everywhere. He's one of those guys that we can safely say was our childhood. Him, Tara Strong, John DiMaggio, Greg Delisle. Oh, speaking of John DiMaggio, I guess Futurama's coming back yeah, again. Yeah, I know. Except John DiMaggio may not be coming back. What? I heard the rumor is he wants more pay. Maybe. Hey, I, I don't was, know. They're calling it hashtag Bendergate. Hey, yo, friggin' he was like the who was like Jake and Finn. Wait, so yeah, Jake. Yeah, the he dog. was Finn. He was Finn. Finn was Finn the dog. Finn or? the dog. Jake's the human. Okay, it's in the theme song. Yeah, and it was like I'm Finn the dog. Fuck you <laughs> and Bender. Give me more money. And he's like, I was the Joker one time in that really good Under the Red Hood movie. 
which to be honest, he was really good in that. But yeah, so now we're here and he's like doing the whole bit. Um, he's not full. So on- we got Mr. Krabs. <laughs> See, here's the thing. This is Clancy Brown before he really, really started doing voice acting work because a lot of his characters are really deep and or they yell a lot. So this is before he like shredded up his vocal cords and he was like instantly recognizable. But I recognize his freaking head and chin. So I'm just like, I just recognize that voice. I'm like, dude, that voice has been fucking everywhere. It's freaking Cortex from the original Crash games. But yeah, so he's doing the whole, you know, um, you know, I'm your sergeant. You guys are nothing. One guy. I'm your sergeant. Like he's yelling all that stuff. One dude starts laughing. (laughs) Yeah. And then he kicks his ass and it makes him run around a a weapon shed or something. What do you know about? Like, can you do the voice? Um, Dude, my fucking voice is pretty shredded. From all the fucking... Oh, yeah, so we're going to be on a hit pop song. Yes, that we uh, tracked a couple vocal tracks for. No, like, that's not a joke. That's actually... <gasps> we should review the track for Hot or Not! Hey! I don't know. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so it's just like... it's just, He's just like, um, you are the most... Dis- I can't do his voice. He's got an iconic voice. But yeah, I know he's you just, are the most disgusting human being. Well, I'll be or something. And then we see Dizzy coming back. No, no, we see no. But then he's like fights one dude and oh, breaks yeah. his arm. Yeah, 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 he's like, who here thinks they could take me down? Who here thinks you could take me down, boyo? <laughs> SpongeBob, my boy, uh, me boy, SpongeBob, me boy. See, SpongeBob, me boy, me boy, me sponge. So then, uh, who here could take down Mister Krabs? <laughs> who here could take down the Flying Dutchman? I don't know why I said the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> the Flying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Today you will be treated with the hash slinging slasher. Okay, but now Dizzy so, comes back. Yeah, this, and then she fights the sergeant, puts up a somewhat of a fight, but he's a sergeant, so yeah, he 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 beats her up. He subdues her. Yeah, and now we have a smiling douchebag at lunch. That's Gary Busey's kid. That, that you see fl- it now. The the squinty eyes and the fact that he smiles with his teeth the, a lot. The, the gi- hair. The giant fucking chin. Uh-huh. That's Gary Busey's kid. Straight right. up. So whatever, Gary Busey's kid, where I eventually learned his name. I think it's lunch, I thought Ace. it was going to be an antagonist. Yeah, it's Ace. But like, yeah. no, they become friends later on. But yeah. the, like, Diz wants He's to- kind of a douche at first. Yeah, he's kind of, he, Dude, he looks like a fucking douchebag. Yeah. But like, Diz, she wants to munch with Rico, but he's a little reluctant to see her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because- Well, because the idea is, is that he thinks that she followed him there to keep an eye on him. I mean, the only thing that's established is that she likes him. We, they haven't established if like they're childhood friends I, or something. I think it's pretty established that Diz has the hot- for Johnny Rico. Rico makes Dizzy, makes Dizzy Dizzy, you know? So, yeah, then, then we now see more boot camp shenanigans. We see Ace, mm-hmm. where Gary Boosie's kid, get his fucking hand impaled by a knife. Because he's <clears> like... He's like, like, why are we? Why do we need to know knife skills? Yeah, why do we need to learn hand-to-hand combat? It's like, we just nuke hey, everything. Hey, my boy, put your hand on the wall. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, we nuke everything. We just push the button. He's like, if you subdue the hand, you cannot push the button. I'm getting a little better at it. You're getting there. Is next the co-ed showers... Yes, yeah, shower conversations with, with peeps. Okay, so oh, this, why peeps join the service? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, a lot of them, you know, they're just like they're from backgrounds. They want education. They want some education. You know, they want 
Yeah, Johnny's just I like, can't remember any of their names except for Ace and Rico. Like, yeah, no. Someone says, Johnny, he's here because of a girl. Uh-huh. Ooh. I guess this is one of the scenes. Hey, yo, you got a big dick? Hey, yo, that guy there got a big dick. I guess this is one of the things that people most remember this movie for, which, you know, can see why. Well, because boobs? Well, yeah. Yeah, it was like dudes and See, that was, the thing, that was the thing. For a long time, this movie was just kind of written off as like a, uh, and not a schlock, but just kind of like a like a gory B movie, but that, you know, then people rewatched it. Okay, so then after this, is this where we get- Well, um, we see Rico, he's making a video of yeah. his bunkmates. He's going around, because there's a video message that he was going to go send to Denise, seeing just Rico's life. And now we get Denise, and she like gets that message from Rico, but she's all excited, because- I get to fly a ship today. So she's mobbing. So she's mobbing with her like fucking cadet too. Mm-hmm. And I, like, yeah, they get on a fucking small ship. Cause like, she's going to go fly a big ship. And I wrote down, Holy shit. Is that, was that Amy smart? And yes. Like, yep, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, she plays someone in here, but I can't remember. Yeah. This is before she boned Jason Statham. Yeah, I know. Is it bad I only know her because she boned Jason Statham and I guess she's in Varsity Blues too? Well, that depends. Did you ever see DreamWorks Robots? She was the female lead in that. Well, co-lead, I think. I don't recall Robots, no. Underrated movie. Oh, yeah. Also, Megamind's fucking coming back. Oh, shit. I've been seeing- TV, TV show, I think. Oh. Okay. You know what? I'm stoked, though. I've wanted more Megamind forever, and the freaking guy that runs Dreamers is like, well, actually, uh, Dream- that's, uh, th- that's considered a parody movie, and we didn't really have plans for that, even though we're working on Shrek 5 and have three Kung Fu Pandas, and we gave we give every show a TV show. They give Turbo... T- they gave Spirit, the, movie, the 2D movie they did about the horse, a TV show. But I'm like, yo, Megamind, let's fucking go Cool beans. But anyway. So, yeah, yeah no. Going. As Denise gets on the big ship, as she gets the fly today, her freaking co-pilot or her teacher is Xander. Yeah. Yeah, that one, like, freaking Chad that was, like, flirting with her and pissing off Johnny Rico. Either way, they fly a huge transport carrier. And Denise, she's kind of a little wild pilot character. Yeah, she comes. She almost crashes the carrier. She's like a hair. She's like a hair close from crashing. Yeah. And, and yeah, she's reckless. And I then guess. we just get a shot of their hyperspace jump. Yeah. Now we see Rico's getting pretty good at sim is like we see a simulation's going on, and we see Rico's doing pretty good. And with the help of Diz, with the help of strategizing with Diz, the sergeants are like, you know what, just Johnny Rico. He's not too that bad. Let's give him a squad. Hey, you know what Let's I see like? what he can do. Hey, I like this guy. Let's give him a family. We'll set uh, him up. We'll set him up nice in the city. See what he can do. We'll see what this guy can do. So back at the bunkers, Rico gets a message from Denise oh, saying fuck, she yeah. is going. So it was like, hey, so honestly, I'm going for a career. I'm pretty stoked on this. So sorry, Rico. I don't he know. He gets if we can- Dear John, but it's like a blog. It was like a Dear John space blog. <laughs> Brutal. It's like, it's like, sorry, John, we're going to break up. And like, also, John, like, if you oh, could like look, he's got a message from his girl. And oh, I respected that the other soldier. And then soldier, Gary Busey's kid, like, his just continues playing the violin. I appreciated that everyone there was like, okay, you know what? We were giving him a hard time, but you know what? That sucks. Yeah, low key, that sucks. And like, you know what? Maybe they're actually friends. I feel like they, these people like each other. Yeah. 
Not going to lie. Next is the training. Yeah, we have a yeah. live round simulation going. And there was this one character. He's from a farm. Kind we, of a dumb guy, I guess. He's kind of a dumb guy. We met him in the showers. He's yeah. like, I'm from a farm. I want to get out in the world and see things. No, I'm not saying I'm the most brightest, but for sure I can't say. His helmet is not properly fitting him. Mm-hmm. So during the simulation, for Enrico, he's running the squad. He like tells him to come, pulls him to the side. He's like, hey, take off your helmet. We'll see if I can adjust it. Someone accidentally trips over because this is live ammunition, and we see the farmer lad get his get fucking domed. Yeah, and then Rico's like, "Oh shit, I medic." Just- that's what he says, medic. Yeah, so that's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, it's like, oh, so we just saw a guy just die in training. Also, really quick with that, the voice he did for the southern guys. That's that's. That was the voice he usually used for Peyton Manning, and that made me laugh. Well, Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, a I'm from farm. a space farm. From, from a space farm. My, you know what's funny <laughs> is that Peyton Manning has a big head, and uh, he needed like special <laughs> helmets. Or his like, big spe- head. Yeah. There's a bit because ESPN gave him and Eli like a little show or whatever to do during halftime. I guess it was their equivalent of like TNTs inside the NBA with Shaq and Barkley. And like there was a bit where he was trying to like get on a uh, get on a helmet because he was like he was like doing something. And then Eli the whole time was just roasting. He was like, man, damn, you got a big ass head. He didn't say that, but he's just roasting uh, Peyton for having a giant dome. So, yeah. So for, uh, the farmer gets shot in the face. Rico's like yelling medic, and then we just hear our Mr. Krabs off to his like, Rico, you're off, com- you're relieved from command. You're relieved from command, me boy. You're relieved from command. Rico, also, you're relieved from command. Also, me the boy. lady, also, <laughs> lady, also, also, the lady that, also, the lady that shot the farmer by accident quit. We see her, we see her. Well, we see her Rico's being reprimanded by like, I can't tell if this was like a dude from Breaking Bad. He looks like the bald dude from The Shield. Oh, that guy that kind of look, vaguely looks like Steve Wilkos? Yeah. This, yeah, that's right. I never watched The Shield. I don't know if that's The Shield or Breaking Bad, but either way, Steve yeah. Wilkos is reprimanding him. Wait, which guy from Breaking Bad? He was like the bald dude. He was like Walter Wright's like friggin' like... Are you talking about the detective dude? Yeah, detective dude. That was the guy from The Shield? I don't know. Well, no, I just said The Shield because bald They're dude. bald? Yeah. <laughs> They're bald. They're like, They're like stocky bald lads. That's true. Okay, so next is um. L- let me just say, Rico's getting reprimanded. Yeah, by the fucking shield, or some <laughs> ball dude. By and Ryan. then we also see the shot that of the recruit that accidentally shot the farmer is leaving. Yes. So then Rico's then punished. It's like you know what? Fine, you can stay. But we kind of have to do punishment. This is where the 10 lashings uh, foreshadowing I brought up like 10 minutes ago comes in that his dad says. Because, yeah, uh, he get he gets he gets lashed uh, 10 times in the back. Yeah, brutally. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Which then we get a slow fade edit until we see Denise on a bridge on a ship with Xander and they're having coffee. Mm-hmm. Rico's getting lashes to the back and like... And she's having coffee. Yeah. You know what's funny? Test audiences apparently hated Denise Richards' character. Well, I kind of hated Denise Richards' character, too. No, like, literally, he said he said that more than one people said, uh, said something along the lines of, like, I hope that bitch dies. <laughs> Test audiences are brutal, I guess. Whatever. So, friggin', like, Denise, like, Denise is set up a way more efficient nav course because they're going somewhere. Yeah. But during that nav course, it's like, hey, hey dude, like, because like Xander had a nav course, but she changed it up. I'm like, see, this is way more efficient. Well, it looks pretty good on the maps, but then they hit a gravity. Wo- they hit a gravity field. Mm-hmm. 
And then like freaking a giant meteor just comes out of nowhere. They were able to avoid it, thank God, but it knocked off their comm tower. Mm-hmm. So they can't communicate to uh, to anybody that that a, that a meteor is flying towards the planet Earth, and it and it uh, and Johnny's on a call with his parents, and then all of a sudden the connection goes out, and then they turn on the news, and it's like, oh, Buenos Aires just died. Buenos Aires has just been annihilated, yeah. and then like freaking Rico then goes argues with the Shield to join back the military forces. Like, why? You yeah. just you signed the papers, but then we see Mister Krabs go. I didn't see no signed papers. Yeah, he just rips it up. Okay, so... I, I'm like, you know, Johnny doesn't have really much of a home to go to now. Yeah, like literally. And he, in, in fact, a little later on, I think this is a little after this, He, uh, someone brings... All right, this was later in the movie. Someone brings up that beach location that his parents want him to go to, and they're like, oh, yeah, that got wiped out, too, at some point. And Johnny's just like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, so uh, so now we see that the lads are in this quarantine zone or some yes. fucking Halo ring looking spot. It really looked like Halo. Yeah, whatever. They're in a quarantine zone, and Rico runs into Denise. And he's like, "Oh shit, what's good?" But Xander shows up, and they're just trying, and they're just having a fucking like alpha off because they're both <laughs> Chachin gentlemen. And yeah. they end up fighting. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he out well, yeah, he well, outranks Rico technically, and then he's, he's a pilot. And he's, he's like, like oh, he's like, I'm not going to fight a pilot. And he's like, don't worry, rank doesn't matter. So he's taking off his jacket. He turns around. Denise is like, don't do this. He's like, what's he gonna do? Bam! Rico just clocks oh, what's him. he gonna do? Bam! And they get in a fight, but then freaking eventually get. It gets break, broken up, and then we see Rico's getting a tattoo. Yeah, him, Diz, Gary Busey's kid, and like two other peeps. Yeah, they all get like tattoos. You're like, oh yeah, it's like the tattoo said Dust Squad or something. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna list what happens next, semi quick, because I want to bring this up. I should probably wait till we're done reviewing the movie, but I, I'm gonna forget. Okay, so what happens next is they're all loading up, they're flying to Clandathu. There's these big blue energy balls. They're kind of like speaking of Halo. You guys remember the freaking um, the freaking Wraith tanks that the that the Covenant used, where they fired the big blue plasma balls. That's basically what these things are. Um, and everyone's like, "Oh man, what are these?" And they're like, "Ah, eh, don't worry, they're not gonna hit us." But then they start hitting ships. They land on Clandathu, and all go and all goes to oh, hell. All hell breaks loose. And this is actually one of the one. This to me is one of the best scenes in the movie because at this and it keeps going throughout the movie. But at this point, you know, there's been a lot of like kind of generic soundtrack, military march stuff. As soon as the bug shows up, the music for the next like five minutes almost just stops because they run into a bug, they kill it right, but then a soldier gets brutally killed, and then a couple more come out. Another guy gets be- uh, brutally killed. One of the ladies tries to run away, but falls down a hole and gets pulled into the darkness by an arachnid. She's just going to hell. And I bring this all up because there's kind of like a theory in the um, there's kind of a theory in the Starship Troopers fan base that this was all actually a false flag. Because if you notice, like in the beginning of the movie, they're like, Oh, if they send another meteor our way, we're going to blow it up. But I think later, but they never really, I think they briefly mention like, Oh man, 
the freaking the freaking bugs sent a meteor our way. But I think they briefly touch on the fact that wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. And plus, and they were fed fault bad information when they land on this planet because a bunch of the soldiers dies. The 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 theory goes was that that uh, the meteor was a false flag sent by Earth, but Denise Richards caught it by accident. And then when the and then when the soldiers get slaughtered on Clandathu here, and plus it's caught on camera that. They use that as an excuse to go to war with the bugs. Not saying I believe that, but it's kind of neat. That is very neat. Yeah. So you're saying the meteor wasn't sent by the bugs? Well, the movie like the movie the movie like makes you makes you kind of assume that it's sent by the bugs because the Federation say it's the bugs. But I didn't realize this till someone pointed it out to me. The movie never after the scene. The movie never actually like goes on to prove that it was the bugs that actually sent it. Like. They tell you it did, but we're also shown that this is a militaristic, borderline fascist like thing that the humans are, are the Federation is. So that's why the theory is is that the fault is was that uh, the meteor and the Clandathu massacre was actually a false flag. Again, I just think that's interesting. That is interesting. So yeah, everyone's right. getting. Yeah, sorry, go on. I was about to say like people are getting slaughtered in the battlefield. Yeah. We see these massive like beetles that are basically shooting the freaking like blue energy ball like artil- yeah. I just said they're artilleries. It was like pretty sick. Yeah. Army arachnids, one dude gets shredded to pizza pieces. We see the reporter at the beginning of the movie and basically beginning of the movie and is wrecked and then we see the cameraman die and then we see what we presume Johnny Rico is dead. Yeah, because he gets stabbed and then it looks like a bug closes in on him. Um and then after this, don't we cut back well, to... Well, now the next day we have exposition slides. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, the more you... No. Yeah, the freaking... You um, more? Yeah, because now they're full-on using propaganda to try and uh, get people to sign up. Specifically, they have like two soldiers hanging out with kids, and they're letting them hold the gun, the, the big space gun. The kids are fighting over it. I forgot to mention, that was a funny advert they did at the beginning of the movie where a bunch of soldiers just like, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. Then they have this like little chubby blonde kid in a helm in a space helmet suit going, I'm doing my part. And the soldiers are just like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Wholesome <laughs> laugh. But yeah, they're, they're talking about the whole freaking um, the massacre and how they're going to go to war. Would you like to know more? Would you like to know more? And now we cut. So back to the Halo Ring quarantine, like yes. fucking space station. Uh, we see Johnny's alive. Well, no, we see Denise That's right, Richards shit. arrive. To the quarantine, and then she goes, looks up the disease, like the freaking people that they found either Deceased, dead, yeah. missing in action, and then they see it, and they say that Johnny is dead, and she's like, "Oh my god, Johnny is dead!" But then we see Johnny Rico's in a back to t- in a Star Wars back to tank. I said, uh, I said, um, Dragon Ball Rejuvenation Chamber, eh, same shit. It, it's repairing his, it's repairing, and it's funny. A scary beastie's kid comes up with like Johnny's death certificate. He's like, "Hey, Johnny, knock, 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 Johnny." You're, you're dead. Hey, <laughs> yeah, ha, ha, you're dead. I'm like, ha, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. But yeah, he just needs to rest up for a few days and he's good to go. So then, yeah, we see Rico. 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 No, it's the same. Johnny Rico. Johnny Rico. And then like this, Gary Beast's ace. Then the crew, they meet their new team. Because I guess now they're such a new team. They're called the Roughnecks. And the lieutenant is fucking Ironheart. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, look, it's the teacher. Ironside. Ironside. Yeah. Not Ironheart. Ironheart is Riri Williams, the successor to Tony Stark in the comics. Oh, yeah. There's also another character named Ironheart. I think you're right. But um, 
freaking okay so oh and also this is where we learn um because um ace goes up to some to, to some lady and he's like and he's like hey i hear the uh you know the lieutenant iron is a real hard ass and she like punches him she like, fucking wrecks his shit and she's like don't t- uh, no one talks that way about the lieutenant i think they basically point out that like the lieutenant's the one that saved johnny from getting killed yeah and then yeah it's michael Ironside, and he's like uh do as you're told or i will shoot you like, okay. This you're told I will shoot you. <laughs> and so now they just go, they go to a bug planet, right? Yeah, they or they go, go back. I think they go back to Clan Dath. Yeah, whatever. They go during the, the daytime. As we're done, they're back on the ground. We see the bugs get bomb raided. Yeah. And then we see Rico and Rico. Riku, what? Rico. Riku. Yeah, I kept seeing Riku, <laughs> not the fucking Kingdom Hearts character. <laughs> Different lad. Yes. Re- Johnny Rico and his crew find a bug hole and they nuke it. Yeah. Like actually nuke it. They 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 have they, like they, these they casu- mini nukes. Yeah, they casually just mentioned that like the grenades and rocket launchers they use are just they're 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 mini nuclear weapons. Yeah. literally. So then a giant beetle appears, like I presume out of the ground. Yeah. Can't remember, and it has a fucking flamethrower nozzle. Yeah, it on can it. just shoot. It can just shoot the the one that wrecked Ace's shit gets her arm burned off. Yeah, it just it can just shoot lava. It just shoots lava. So Rika, Rico, I keep wanting to say Riku. Johnny was able to be a sneaky lad where he like climbs up onto a cliff, yeah. jumps on the back of this giant beetle, freaking like shoots a hole in it, throws a grenade down it, and it blows up. Yeah, he like Kratos that shit where he like climbed the mountain, then jumped on, and then quick time to vent it to death. It was great. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite shots in the movie is when he gets sprayed by the orange blood, and then he's like, and he like stands with like the dead big bug behind him. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite shots. I want a poster of that. So yeah, Johnny Rico, being from his act of badassery, <laughs> I was about to say act of valor, whatever, his act of badassery, he was made corporal yes. by Ironside, and then he's like, hey, Diz, I'm going to make you team commander. Cool, boss. So now it's night, so now it's the nighttime, and everyone's chilling, everyone's partying, what's his name, Ace is um. Well, we see like, Ironside, fiddle. he cracks open like these boxes, like, alright, it is, I give you a command to party the night away. That's an order! That's right, yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, now that, uh, now that Johnny got Dear John, he's kind of, he's kind of looking at Diz there with those eye emojis. They have a slow dance, and then we see them. To- <laughs> was that way? I totally skipped around. There's a huge party. Rico and Diz are talking. Ironside tells Johnny, "Hey, if there's something good, you shouldn't like. You should go towards it." Yeah, yeah. And so if you don't turn ha- down something good. And you know what happens next? They totally bone you guys. Yeah. Well, at least they're about to bone. Yeah. But then Ironside rolls up like, hey, Rico, I need you to bounce out in 10 minutes. Who's under the sheets? All right. Make that 20. (laughs) Good man. (laughs) So then, yeah, they they get a move out because now they're going to a base. Yeah. They are like walking through a canyon. And then we see a flying bug appear. And basically like that fucking flying bug like takes a dude out yeah but either way they find an abandoned outpost well there's actually a little bit of foreshadowing here because the bug takes him and ironside knows he can't save him so he takes someone's sniper rifle and uh while the bug is torturing the guy because if you notice the bugs don't eat humans they just kill them so he so he so he kills the guys in act of mercy he's like i'd expect anyone to do the same for me 
So now they're at the base. This is okay. A base so, or an outpost? Outpost. This is where we get one of the another one of the more uh, legendary lines in the film because they're going through there. They're seeing all these dead bodies. Then they see a dude who straight up just has a big hole in his head. So they show it to Ironside. He sticks his metal hands in there, <clears throat> and then he says, "They sucked his brains out." <laughs> Which sounds a little funny. They sucked his brains out. But we soon learn late. We learn a little later that's exactly what happened. That's a that's like a funny line. No, it'll, it it'll never be funny. as like, <laughs> I know what you think. I'll, 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 I can't I, say. I got you. Um, your son's been infected with a deadly virus. <laughs> Man, that Transporter Two review was so good. I kind of wish we could have been in studio because there was a lot of funny shit. What do you mean in studio? I thought we were in studio. No, that was Transporter Two was over the phone. No. Yeah. Was. <clears throat> but we had like good Sad chemistry. It. No. But we had like really good chemistry. No. One of my favorite bits is that, and then the other one where you started busting up Laffy, where when I started talking about the Audi kickflip, and I was just like, dude, this next scene almost made me crap myself. <laughs> okay, so yeah, then that happens, and they find this like crazy like commander dude who hid away in like a freezer away from the bugs. And he's basically like, yeah, man, they came in and then they got in this dude's head and something. I don't know. Uh, also, there's dead bugs around, too. And there's also specifically the little ones that um, Johnny dissected earlier in yeah. class. Um, it's like, OK, so then they're trying to raise communications. But then, uh oh, spaghetti. It's a fucking ambush. <laughs> yeah. It's a trap. No, seriously, there's like a million fucking bugs. I don't know who they outsourced the CGI to in this movie. There was like, I couldn't count how many bugs there were on screen. I was curious how much the fucking budget was for that CGI. Oh, this movie was made for a hundred million dollars. Okay. It made a hundred and twenty-one. If you can believe that. Like, it's something of a classic now, but yeah, that's, yeah. But still, for a hundred thousand, that's really good CGI. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So we're seeing flying bugs decapitating lads. Yeah. We see the we see the lieutenant gets munched on, and he give us the story of Ironside here. Oh man, I feel like he'll do more justice. Oh man. So Ironside, who's who's a pretty good character. There's a point where the bugs start coming out from under the ground, and Ironside gets caught. In it, and he gets like pulled in. I think his like fucking legs get freaking sliced off. Yeah, they do, and they bite his legs off. And then he looks at Rico. He grabs him by his chest, but he goes, "Rico, you know what to do. Do it." <laughs> he just freaking MGS three. The boss is him, and I was just like, "Oh, poor Michael." So Ironside. whatever. Like they have a freaking like they have like. What just gonna call it? They have like some little spaceship to like take them away. They're waiting for a transport ship, but they're taking their sweet ass time. Yeah, evacuation. Yeah, they're waiting for some like fucking evacuation. But it's like taking a minute because I don't know. There's a fucking army of like goddamn bugs. Well, yeah, because they have to actually like drop on the outpost. Yeah. That's the only way they'll get there. So yeah, they're getting there. And then Raz, they're like trying to get on the like freaking transport. Diz gets stabbed. Which that me that always, this part always makes me sad. And then and then they get on the transport. This is sad they too. They escape away, but. They escape away. This is a sad part too because the guys in the tower, the last ones are like, t- and um, what, what's the guy's name? Xander? He's like, tower, come on, let's go, let's go. And then the freaking tower guy get burned alive by a by a big bug's lava yeah and it's kind of like one of the fucking flamethrower beetles yeah and it's kind of like graphic and slow too and i'm like oh those poor guys yeah i almost felt worse for them than i did this but yeah this dies and e- and even the director in a d- commentary was like you know kind of wish i let her live 
She was a great character, I thought. Yeah, but we say, oh, hey, Denise Richards is here because Xander is here, too. And then basically... And Neil Patrick Harris shows up. Yeah, no, we see Rico Rico as he's like fucking like to go away. It's like, we need to bomb this rock now. He's asked for a request to do it. It's like, sorry, we can't do that. It's like, what do you mean we can't do that? We also see here Neil Patrick Harris... Well, we see a funeral funeral for Diz first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that happens, and then isn't, th- and then this is then where they- Neil Patrick Harris arrives with his fucking Nazi trench coat. Yeah, I, was, I was gonna say Neil Patrick Harris is turning is, uh, and Patrick Harris commented on this himself too later. His character was like lo- was like legit, just becoming a little fascist there because we didn't cut to him throughout the movie. We focused on uh, on Johnny and Carmen. Yeah, we totally Denise kind Richards. of forgot about Neil Patrick Harris. But, but, when, he, but when he comes back, you know, he started off. He was kind of straight and narrow, but he was just kind of a chill guy. He comes back. He's got like the straight eyes, and Neil Patrick Harris is a fair skinned light haired dude. So he's pulling off the look, and he's like. Every day, I have to make decisions that send that send hundreds and thousands, uh, send thousands like you to their dooms and or their deaths or something like that. And yeah, he's got the trench coat and the boots. I'm like, man, how the shit did I miss this when I was younger? But yeah, and so they come up with a plan to. Um, well, he, he says like that mission that they that suicide mission they were on was reconnaissance, mm-hmm. and then friggin' like a lot of reconnaissance. Because they found out, hey, I think there's a smart br- bug. A yeah, brain bug. There's a brain bug. And what you guys did give us information that there is a brain bug on this planet. The ends justify the means. So yeah, also Rico, I'm gonna make you lieutenant. Yeah, he's lieutenant now. And he's like friggin' it's like, cool, I'll do I'll do the best I can unless you can find someone better or I die. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, so then, now they're back on the ground. Yes. And they're getting ready to find the brain bug. We see artillery nails the neat like friggin' Denise's carrier ship, and they all have to abandon ship on an escape pod. So they all go out. We see like a pretty gruesome shot where the captain like gets sliced in half in the like door. door. Yeah. But th- they make the escape pods out to escape, but now they're back on they have to go down to the sketchy bug planet. The good news is I think Amy Smart lived. So we get, I don't think Amy Smart was here. Oh, okay. Whatever. Like, Rico gets word of Denise and her ship imploding. And he's like, oh, I guess Denise is dead. But Denise lands on, like, lands underground. And we see her and Xander have wrecked, but they, like, make communications that they're there. Rico is then presumed that they might be dead because they're underground. And it's like a yeah. fucking, like, bug layer. But, well, Rico presumes that they're dead. They just wrecked. And then, but Rico, then, he, then he gets literally he gets a feeling in the force. He gets a hunch that you know what I have a feeling Denise is alive, but I need two volunteers. Mm-hmm. Everyone else continue on with the mission. This is going to be my own thing. You know they might like uh, punish you severely for that. They might hang you. One guy said. Well, I will uh, take that cha- take my chances on that one. Yeah, exactly. So. We meet the brain bug. This thing is fucking terrifying. With its fucking vagina mouth. Yeah. And this gnarly, like, friggin', like, Hook. spider leg brain sucking thing. Yeah. Dude, here's the thing. This movie's got a lot of pretty, like, friggin'... Good-ass monster effects. Yeah, pretty solid monster effects. Every time I... <clears throat> like, the arachnids are freaky. Every time I see that brain bug, I always feel uncomfortable when I'm looking at it. So, yeah, we meet the brain bug, and he drinks... And it drinks Xander's brain. I'm like, well, there goes Xander. Yeah. You know, he was kind of... He, you know, he kind of cucked Johnny, but he wasn't, like, a bad guy. He just mostly cucked jo- Johnny in his <laughs> romance with Denise Richards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but... Th- 
test, test his life, and it's about to drink Denise uh, Denise's brain, but she whips out a knife and then cuts the friggin' sucker, and then Riku and his, like, crew arrive, and they're, like, gunning down the arachnids to help friggin', like, Denise escape, and they shoot a nuke. They shoot one of, like, the fucking nuke launchers and shit. Yeah, they try to make it... I, I'm just going down my fucking goddamn said, shoddy notes. You said Riku again. Ah! Fucking damn it! So it ha- I'm not having it. I can't say Johnny, Rico, Johnny, Rico. Ah! So what? Ah, so damn it! So one of the guys, yes, fucking Kingdom Hearts boy, with his fucking Keyblade, is able to do one of his fucking mana attacks to blow off the bugs. The door has opened, Sora. Now we can go to Clan Dathu. They try to make an escape, but one lad is injured, and he's like. I'm going to implode this fucking Thundra attack. <laughs> no, he's going to implode a nuke. Sorry, guys. If you, like Only like Kingdom Hearts nerds, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm doing man. bad he, references. Uh, yeah, he... Um, fucking Rico, not Riku. Rico! So, 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 does that mean, does that make Denise Richards Kyrie? No, that's Denise Richards. <laughs> only Riku or Rico... But yeah, there's a badass. Only you are still making videos. You can literally take these botches. There's a uh, there. There's another great line here where the guy's like, where Johnny's like, sees the injured guy take the nuke grenade, and he's like, "What are you doing?" He said, "Just trying to kill some bugs, sir." It's like you know what? You got a big penis, my man. So yeah, they get out here. Yeah. So yeah, Rico and his peeps get out of the tunnel. And they see that, like, all these people are celebrating. And it's like, yeah, we got the brain bug. Yeah, because the brain bug made a getaway. Try to make a getaway, but they they did did that shit from Return of the Jedi where, like, Rico had a freaking, like, a grenade in his hand and, like, they knew what it was. So they were, so the bugs were kind of backing off because, you know, normally the bugs wouldn't care, but their brain bug was with them. So he was able to get Denise out of there, but then I'll show what the hell. And then, yeah, we randomly find out that freaking, um, because Neil Patrick Harris shows up. And he's like, "Oh yeah, good job!" And all the glo- and all and everyone will know that on this day, the uh, the it, it started here with him. And then we see freaking Commander Zim Crabs, yeah, we Clancy see Brown fucking- is the one getting the credit for capturing the brain bug. And then this is interesting because remember, yeah, because he's a private. <laughs> they like he yeah. says like I'm a private. Because remember how freaking how we mentioned that Neil Patrick Harris is psychic freaking Johnny Rico asks him, Hey, did you put it in my head that, uh, Carmen was alive, which I totally forgot to mention is foreshadowing again. Cause earlier in the movie, when they were doing that psychic test, he had one of those, like, what was that pet weasel or something? Yeah. Yeah. So the weasel came out and he was, oh, yeah, like, I totally forgot about the weasel. He like talked to the weasel to go hump his mom. Yeah, basically. And, um, and yeah, and and he's and he's like, and Rico's like, how'd you do that? And he said, oh, I just use suggestion to make whatever. And and so that's totally, it's implied that's totally what happened here. Yeah. So then Neil Patrick Harris uses psych abilities to talk to the brain bug, and then we then he like basically says the bug is scared, and everyone's it's ch- afraid. It's afraid. Yeah. He sees him. He's celebrating. He says he's a private to Lieutenant Rico. Yeah. Rico, Rico, Rico. Almost said Riku. But you didn't. Ah, I did. We're done. Then we see, do you want to know more? As more advertisements of propaganda ends with propaganda slides ends off to finish the movie. Yeah. 
with like Chad Chin, Johnny Rico, basically saying what he says, like whatever line I hype up infantry. Oh yeah, I forgot one of the other big lines from this is uh, because uh, freaking Michael Ironside said this. He said, which I think is paraphrased from like a World War One general. Come on, you apes, you want to live forever? So yeah. Good ass movie, dude. No, it is a good ass movie. I love this movie. My voice is just fucking thrashing. Oh, but my, my voice hurts. My my throat hurts. Yeah. But yeah, I know. This is a pretty awesome movie. I've seen this before on television. Mm -hmm. So I remember this movie. And I was like, yeah, I've seen Star Troopers. And I've watched like some fucking YouTuber talk about the satire on it. And I'm like, I thought it was just a fun, I thought it was just like a sci-fi, like free, just a sci-fi action movie. And watch again, nope, there's satire. Oh, yeah. I hear like the second movie, they went to straight action. And then the third yeah. movie, they brought back the satire. Well, the idea was, was, um okay, and I told you this off camera, I'll tell the viewers, with the second one, well, one, they had a way lower budget, but they made it more like. Way lower They budget. had it be more darker and more like kind of horror, claustrophobic theme because. Here's the and thing, make it more like akin these, to the first Alien movie. Like you're saying, like these bugs were pretty scary. And oh, pretty, dude, they like, are creepy. Out, like, just dude, one of them bug, would be freaky. Yeah, dude, that brain bug, like freaking the brain bug, was pretty unsettling. That thing is in. I'd see that thing in my nightmares. But yeah, and it, which is funny because I told you the script for Starship Troopers originally started as something called Bug Hunt. It was something unrelated, but then the studio got the rights to the book, and then they just which Bug Hunt kind of was a ripoff of Alien or Aliens, I think. And then they got the rights to Starship Troopers, and the director and the director was like, "Fascism is a no no, ooh ooh." And then we got this movie. Yeah, no, pretty interesting. What the fuck are we gonna watch next week? Aww. Or are we gonna take another like two to three weeks to fucking meet up? Well, as long as nothing bad or stupid happens, we should knock in I, on I, wood. Knock on wood too. Keep the woodland spirits away. Yes. Okay, I had an idea for one, but I don't know if you'll go for it. Shoot, just shoot. Okay, so it's a black exploitation movie. Okay, it's called Black Rage. Black Rage. It's about an albino black slave breaking free from slavery and by albino black slave you think i mean what you mean like a light-skinned no 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 a white guy playing a black guy are we gonna get canceled if we review this movie well no because we would be making fun of it and probably condemning it it was made like the, it was made in like 76 that was an idea i had okay let's do it okay I have no idea where we're going to find it, though. I don't know. Just search for it. We'll find it. If not, we'll come up with a backup suggestion. Sounds good. All right, listeners that have actually made it this far, you're beautiful, and thank you for listening. Next week, we're coming back with Aretha Franklin, Black Rage, and whatever the fuck hot or not is. Yeah. And a mostly low-key fucking stories of life. Yeah. Because I don't plan on doing anything. I plan on chilling the fuck out and letting stuff recover for a minute. And I'm hoping that uh, things just honestly just settle down. Same. Just settle same. down. Just settle Fucking down. Fucking same. All right, listeners. All right. This is the Dr. Dr. Death Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. Have a good one. Adios. Freaky. Cool.